August 30th, 1998. New Line Cinemas scored a hit with Blade, which is a reminder that Marvel's first hit was a kung fu vampire movie starring Wesley Snipes. The hamster dance was alive online, and the internet has been all downhill since. One Week by the Bare Naked Ladies was all over the radio, but it's been close to 20 years since their last hit. Meanwhile in New York City, The Undertaker challenged Stone Cold Steve Austin for the WWF Championship. Back to the jabronis at ringside, this is Hell on a Cell Phone. Welcome to another episode of Hell in a Cell Phone, the podcast where we attempt to make sense of the Attitude Era of WWE 20 years later. With me always, Aaron Benoit. I've, no, wait, no, that's not how I say things. I'm Aaron Benoit, and with me always, I've got Bobby. Hello. And Eric. Hello, how's it going? Oh, I, I didn't think of, I wanted to do my thing, right? <laughs> okay, okay. No, uh, no. Eric was so upset last time because I was upset. We, I was just he like, was like just, hey. hey guys, I had this idea that I have this running bit at the beginning where I talk about how long our podcasts are, and, and we cut over the intro. So can we go back and do it? I'm little. I'm a little out of sorts right now. We were like, but in terms of podcast time travel, uh, like I'm in. It's January fifth. And yes. we 2020, and, and we just up. recorded something from the week before f- uh, from Raws that I watched after the pay per view that came after. I'm just. I'm gonna, I'm gonna set up February fourth. I'm, I'm gonna, gonna set stay. up the GCal later on today, it, guys. I'm working on this stay. podcast makes me feel like I'm Doctor Manhattan. I don't experience time <laughs> like other people, where it's like it's constantly 1998 in four different months. It's like it's August 30th, 1998. I'm in the ring with the New Age Outlaws. Like it's very <laughs> bizarre. Happy to be at the podcast that uh, you can make a really small turkey uh, <laughs> during one of the episodes. Very small, quite small. A petite. I think, it's, I, think it's, I think it's one one pound per episode. If I do the math right. And we are the three of us. You, you'll notice the absence of the sound of a spike seltzer opening because the three of us have just started today the whole thirty regimen. Um, I'm a few hours in. I hate it. Uh, I'm done. Yeah, as usual, I'm starting late. I'll, I'll catch up tomorrow. Yeah. Bobby, always a late bloomer, this one. True. Uh, but yeah, I miss bread, even though it's, again, only been a few hours. No, I, it, uh, I had my first, first uh, Whole30 breakfast. We, breakfast is always, if, if you are planning on doing Whole30, breakfast is like one of the best meals. Me too, I, it's I like agree. Because like, very few have? things have to change. Um, Talia made a hash, so like, you know, just like potatoes and Brussels sprouts and uh, and eggs, you know, made with like olive oil, not butter. That sounds great. It was great, and you know, she's she's very practiced at making a uh, a breakfast hash, especially on Whole Thirty. And then, man, once we start putting the bacon in, I am excited. Send me the nuts and bolts of that one, please. Yeah, it's potatoes and Brussels sprouts and eggs. I, don't know. I am excited. <laughs> <laughs> I am excited to talk about this fucking pay-per-view. Me too. I would go so far as to say this is, from top to bottom, probably my favorite pay-per-view maybe we've discussed. Maybe. It's definitely 
the best sense Canadian stampede for sure. Yeah, I just think the 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 highs may not be the highest, but it's like the most consistent. But the lows are a lot higher. Ooh, I don't know. There's some. Lo- oh, we'll get to it. We'll right. get to it. We'll get to it. Know. But wait. Oh, are you gonna are you gonna go? Into- you just did. We're so wait, excited. What was I gonna today? do? I th- I figure you were about to talk about where we were. Oh no. I thought you wanted to talk. Next, you to talk about I, said, I said this the September episode. I would talk about where we were at this. This time. is August. Oh, oh, I get it. Well, because I was going to say, I know where I was on August thirtieth. I was actually upstate at school doing my orientation. Aww. Yeah, I was at I was at college orientation making the best friends I would. That's have. That's great, Eric. But September is traditionally <laughs> our back to school episode. <laughs> so save it then. Can I? Can we take a minute and talk about the poster before we talk about any the poster for SummerSlam oh 1998? God, yes, yes, you mean yes, like yes. the the drawing that a, a high school kid did? Well, first though, no, like first off, bucks? the Undertaker looks great on this poster. This Let's is bring true. it up. Here, I'm pulling it up on, on the research department's pulling it up too. No, you sound like Brian Christopher. Oh, no, it's a YouTube video. <laughs> it's I want, I too much Bobby Hankinson. I just want an image. Don't, don't be a drag. Give me here. This, no, it's too small. Give me, give me, give me. Give me, give me, give me. Jimmy Woods. Yep. That is, oh, my God. Oh, my God. That's amazing. So we've got Kaiju Undertaker versus Dead-Eyed Homunculus Stone Cold Steve Austin. The Undertaker is wielding the top of the Chrysler building. You can't quite see. That's not the full, like the full posters. No, there, yeah. there's, that's the one right there. Yeah, it's the top of the Chrysler building or it's the top of the Empire State Building? It's the building? top of the Chrysler yeah, building. Yeah. The Empire State Building is behind oh, him. Yeah. For a second, yeah. I thought that there were two Empire State Buildings in this one here. Um, The Statue of Liberty is right at the in the New York Harbor, right next to Manhattan, it looks a little bit like the like where it was in Planet of the Apes. Yeah, like it's <laughs> fallen. Olympus has fallen. So you blew it up. Have, so, in the storyline for this, in my head, Stone Cold needs a weapon. Picks up the entire Statue of Liberty from Liberty Island, carries it over, all the way over there. Realizes it's not going to be an effective weapon as is. So just rips off the arm and the torch. Oh, I thought of it more as like, well, I'm thinking of it right now, uh, more as like, you know how when you, like, if you were to bring like a ladder and try to use that, and then maybe part of the ladder broke off as you were using it on them, and you're like, oh, well, now I'm just going to hit you with the smaller thing. You know what's kind of amazing? I would never think if I was a giant that I would still need knee pads. (laughs) (laughs) Sure, you're going to get scrapes and bruises there no matter what. I figure if I'm that big... I think my, my, my like ACL could handle being bumped around a little there bit. There are a you lot know? of spires there. I mean <laughs> No, actually the taller you get, the weaker your bones. That's just a fact. Yeah. Your bones get super yeah. hollow. Do you I mean, Andre the Giant, didn't he like wasn't he actually growing out of his own skin? I no, I've read like <laughs> That's a. I think it's a historical fact. It does sound, Actually, if, it if, sounds like more like a hysterical fact, which is what I think you said. If if 
Abe Lincoln hadn't been assassinated, he would have Grew died from skin. gigantism. He actually was coming out of the top hat. That's out of the stovepipe hat. That's why he had to wear it. Because the skeleton was coming out of the top of his head. Think, think like this. An ant is able to lift how many times its body weight? Too many. Because uh, because smaller things have smaller densities to them. So, they're, and so you're talking about the same force of gravity on something. So when something's really big, it actually... Uh, well, I think, like, well, I think ants just big. lift with their legs. <laughs> they use their knees. Well, they don't want to talk. They don't I'm just saying, I've never seen an ant with knee pads. Well, I mean, have you gotten down? <laughs> have you been to the, the ant dojo? Have you been to the, <laughs> yeah. the lion yeah. The lion the ant den? Yeah. <laughs> um, and then we've got the, the highway to hell flames are trailing off and up around the Empire State Building. And then Over they water, yeah. It looks a little bit like one of the covers to like the Dark Tower, but like with that is a hundred percent accurate. It's, a, it's the cover to the Dark Tower. Oh my god! Mixed with the cover to the Stand. Yeah, uh, Steve Austin is Child Roland to the Dark Tower. Come and then the Man in Black is the Undertaker. And to think Vince McMahon paid to license ACDC Highway to Hell for use at this pay-per-view and how much that must have cost. And then he was like, I don't know, get someone's niece to do the poster. <laughs> you might be confused, Eric, because ACDC has never played in this uh, particular well, version. Because, of course, it didn't have the license for DVD release or whatever, I'm wow. sure. And we've got to actually talk a lot about music on oh, this boy. particular episode. By the way, side, side note, is it possible to get that poster on a T-shirt? I think I want it. I would wear that. Right? I would wear the shit. I think that'd be a very fun post. Like, if they if they remove the SummerSlam SS part, I think that would be a really fun poster. Well, that wasn't even. That's the like the new horizontal version that they do on the network. The original poster. Like yeah, this. yeah, yeah. Right. So if we just if you just cut it like cut it right before the top of the S's. Well, I think you also want to make sure you crop it so the Twin Towers aren't in it still. I think that's also was a was a, was a a consideration when they were cropping it. But just make sure that the Stridex medicated pads commercial is still at the top. Oh, 100%. Stridex has to be in it. I gotta tell you that those commercials were hitting at a time when I was so into wrestling that I, like, I would buy anything they advertised on wrestling. And so I used so much Stridex, I think my entire face would just like peeled off like I looked at the Ark of the Covenant. <laughs> <laughs> I use Str- Stridex is, is to this date the only face health oh, thing no. that I've ever used. Oh, oh no. Aaron. We're going to queer eye your face wash. Neutrogena. Put on SPF at the very least. Oh, honey, please. Hey, listeners, 2020, wash your damn face. Yeah, Put some seriously. SPF on it every day. You're not going to be young forever. What, what What's that acid? Uh, the, you know, there's a... It's Hyaluronic? Like, no, there's a it's, a... it's an acid that's good for, like... LSD? Yes. It's, it makes your face melt. <laughs> no, it's in like the Neutrogena face wash. I forget the name of it. I think it begins with an A. I don't know. It doesn't matter. There's a bunch yeah. you need to choose from. I can read the whole ordinary website, but. And then we get to the intro, which again, music plays a big part. Uh, reusing music. Verdi's Requiem for, I think, the third time since we've been watching. Every, um, you know, I think I'm I'm a I'm a slut for good classical music. See, anytime I hear uh, Verdi, I'm like, you should be going with O Fortuna instead. <laughs> uh, no, I, I want I want them to play Salieri at one point or another. <laughs> I do find the storyline they're hyping in the intro package to be one of the more convoluted and um, like uh, Shakespearean of of of. Ilk. And dumb and bad for reasons that I'm going to get into later. Yeah, 100%. But... I was surprised that Kane and Taker are together. Yeah. That's the new thing. Yeah, lots of folks are. Uh... And we'll get to all of that as we go. 
But in case you missed it in our deep dive episode last week, which is now available wherever you get your podcasts, we talked about the rivalry between Val Venus and Kai and Tai. Correct. Which is completely abandoned for this pay-per-view. And instead, he has a pretty good match with D'Lo Brown for the European Championship. Yeah. Um, wait, so why did he get the... the... Why did he get the match with D'Lo Brown? Because Val Venus is very over and this is a big show. And so... Did, was there no build-up to this? None whatsoever. Wow. Okay. Um, that's pretty interesting. One of the things I noted in the in the match, uh, I think maybe in the big tor- coming into the match, was... Uh, coming into the match? Seeing <laughs> and coming, coming again, again later? Uh, oh, oh, and, and but sorry, Eric. Yeah. When Val Venus did his Hello Ladies thing, they managed to find, like, the four least interested in him ladies in the audience. Like, usually it's, like, soccer moms who are just, like, clutching their nether regions anytime that he comes on. But, no, they just, they had no interest in him. What I wouldn't give, I would, it would be worth being a viral clip if it existed at one of these wrestling shows where Val Venus comes out and says, hello, ladies, and a camera cut to me. <laughs> like, 14 years old, fully flush red, like, hands over crotch, like, hunched over. Uh, question, I wouldn't give. Question for you, Bobby. You're given the choice of either that or having the ability to go and see cats for the first time. Honestly, I would see cats again for the first time. <laughs> You guys have No, I'm oh, in the movie. The movie. Yeah, I would. T- I would pay. I would pay upwards of a thousand dollars of my actual money from my bank account for the ability to wipe my memories and see it again for the first time. So there are people who would pay a lot of money for the first part of that. <laughs> um, I so at one point there's a uh, Lawler. I think in the in the beginning of the match was just like, you know, I think if I think if D-Lo, if D-Lo lost the championship, I think he'd go into a coma. <laughs> and I was like, do you know how comas work? <laughs> like, it's, you don't go into a coma out of just, like, sorrow or despair. Like, oh, oh, God. I'm... First of all, if sad comas were a thing, we'd lose, like, half the population <laughs> in 2016. Oh, man, I missed the train. <laughs> <laughs> it would be essentially a Thanos snap to the world. <laughs> oh, he's so coma sad. <laughs> Doing it in order to coma the libs. <laughs> this uh, match was good. Um, uh, while we're on D'Lo Brown, do you know anything about D'Lo Brown's Helsinki connection? So D'Lo Brown was doing... I, rem- I, I wasn't able to confirm this in my research, but if I remember correctly, it was part of the idea that he's the European champion, and it was a gag that every time he'd be introduced from uh. a different European city. So it'd be like, Helsinki, or he's from Vienna, or he's from... Because he's the European champion. Right, so and they're like, picking the whitest, pla- the whitest places that they can think yeah, of. Yeah, but, but it's his gag. His whole thing is like, I'm an intercontinental kind of guy, like, I, which I think will be used again. Uh, but I'm, you know, I'm, I'm a jet-setter European intellectual. I'm an accountant. So he didn't, uh, when he was in college for his CPA, he didn't study City abroad uh, in no, Helsinki? No, no, he's from Jersey. Okay. Jersey is actually the Helsinki of the eastern seaboard. I love D'Lo no-selling when there's a hit to the chest protector. Yeah. I think that is great. Um... There was something in this match that I think I saw for the first time. D'Lo is holding onto the ropes. Val grabs the ropes and shakes it, and 
D'Lo flips over the top of the ropes as though yes. Val creates the momentum, oh. which forces him over. I liked that. Um, let's see. I also I thought the uh, the crowd really started getting behind D'Lo. Yeah, D'Lo can go. I mm. love the spot where um, Val Venus jumps up the top rope and D'Lo catches him by the legs until like a set out power bomb. Yeah, yeah, um, that was great. It's sort of like it's almost like it's more like a set out spine buster, and it's kind of he ends up using it like a signature move called the lowdown. I don't know if he's doing that just yet. Yes, um, but that's a really that was a really fucking good spot. Um, I also liked that the chest protector was a transferable weapon because, mm-hmm. like, you know, I've seen him with the chest protector, I've seen him using the chest protector, but I have, you know, this is the first time I saw him get stripped of it, and then Valvinus puts it on, and then you know they start doing that. So I was like. That was a fun thing because I feel like you don't like no one strips Roman Reigns of his. I, don't, yep. I think maybe yeah. his arms and legs would fall off. If <laughs> took the chest protector off. And they also both have finishers that are like body splash off the top rope on from your mid like midsection to midsection yeah. finishers. Um, Do we know uh, what happened with that power bomb? Fell was that a, just a botch? Just a botch? Yeah, yeah, I'm sorry. So the move I was talking about before is not called the lowdown. It's called the sky high. The lowdown is his frog splash finisher. But yeah, the power bomb running power bombs are a also a signature move for D'Lo. Uh, we will talk a lot about them as weeks as as weeks and months go by. Uh, but he did botch this. Remember that. Oh no! Is he going to injure somebody just, <laughs> for the rest of? No, just just okay. stick stick with it. Uh, but the this that botch was scary to watch because he like dropped him on his head. That was very scary. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I liked I liked the booking of this match too. I mean, I think that I hated, no, the, I hated the ending. Hated I the hated ending. the ending. Hated, hated, the, ending. hated the ending. Okay, but the rest was great. I I liked the ending. Well, let's let's run through what the ending was because I don't remember. So the ending is Val takes the vest, and the referee's like, "Whoa, whoa, whoa. like he's approved to use the vest. You're not approved to right. use the vest." Um, and as he's like, "Fuck you, I don't care. I'm gonna jump off this top rope with this vest on." The ref is like, "No, you can't!" And then like knocks him off the top rope, crotches him, and that's when. And then Valvius is mad. So instead of getting crotched and then Delo taking advantage and is getting the pin, instead um, Val is mad, pushes the ref. The ref calls for the DQ. Yes, which is, right. That's like, why I hated it. It kind of protects Val in a way, but at the same time, it's like this match was actually really good with a ton of heat. That's what I liked about it, though. I mean, I think that in this situation, you want. D'Lo to say the European champion Val I, is still green and I'm not ready to put a belt on him just yet um, but it's still there was enough there where Val didn't look weak in this at all and it transferred all like the heel heat almost onto the ref at this point so both were able to come out looking sure good. but if you're if yes I agree that's like the best way to achieve all those goals but the problem is they shouldn't have booked themselves into that corner in the first place yeah, like, yeah that's the best way to do it like yeah they made the best that, that was the best solution they booked themselves into but like then don't book yourself into that situation give people yeah. a satisfying like a satisfying experience and if you can't do that with those two talents write a different thing it felt okay. a little bit that's like, like that's I, I agree like I agree with what you're saying yeah mm-hmm. it felt a little bit like um, in in that in Twilight the last Twilight movie where oh I haven't seen it yet so no, no spoilers, spoilers. We're getting twenty years later. We're getting to uh... so problematic, but like there's this, there's that there's that scene. It's a it's like a famous scene from Twilight in the last one, I think, where they're all like gathering on a field, and it's like all the werewolves and the and the vampires and all the and the bad vampire. I don't remember. And they're all they're all like gonna like about to go to war, and like they these two, you know, like w- one guy rushes at the other guy, and then he the the other guy jumps up and like literally removes his head and they all like murder each other and then 
you and then like it um it it goes right back and you realize that they had the whole, they played it all out in their heads and they're like okay well we're just not going to have this battle because we know how it's going to end and you're like what what just happened why would we do this why did we go through all of this like you yeah you showed us a really cool battle but for nothing it literally ended with nothing so like, I, I get um, what you're saying i but. never saw the last two twilights but i bought a copy of twilight breaking dawn part 1 that was part of a valentine's day package that I tried to give to my ex-girlfriend as a last gambit of let's get back together. It was a very dark time for me, you guys. Ooh, wow. I don't even know what yeah. to say. Wow. Wait. There you, was a mix you... CD and a dozen roses in there. Wait, you thought you thought like part we one had a, we, of no, we a had DVD? a we, we went to go see the Twilight movies together. Okay, all right. That's a, that has yeah. a little bit more of a of a thing. Um Wow, my face is beat red right now. And, but, and I, just remember, I honestly, told all of you that Eric and I can't look can't look him in the eye. Yeah, I just uh, want you to know, Aaron, that I love you and that I'm very happy for <laughs> the, the person that I know you've become. Yeah, you know what that is? Growth. <laughs> I guess so. It has to be something. Yeah. Oh, oh, I also thought it's super. It was super weird for me in in as the ending was playing out for Val to do like angry gyration. <laughs> like, like he's like, oh, I'm so upset, I got cheated, and then he's just like, ooh, 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 let me do my, let me gyrate before I do my splash. Like, what are you doing, dude? Like, it, I know, I know it's part of your your move, but like, also, it's you know, let's be, let's live in the moment. Are you asking the Rock not to bounce off both sides before <laughs> delivering the people's elbow? No, I think that makes sense. That makes perfect sense. He's getting momentum. So you don't think he's like stirring up his dick magic to go jump <laughs> on the splash? Dick magic. Next t-shirt available at helldecellphone.com. Hey, oh, man. We're going to start becoming coming. a Spencer's gift. <laughs> Anyone got anything else on this? Nope. nope. Okay. Um, do we want to talk about Mankind now or do we want to wait until the next segment? As long as we can talk about him, I don't care what order. Okay. Yeah. Um, we can fold it. Sure. So then we had the obvious low yeah. of this oh, entire boy. pay-per-view, which was cut short because of some legal issues. Bob, you want to talk about that a little bit? So there was there once was a band called the Insane Clown Posse. Uh, they were doing a bunch of work with WWE. Um, they were they were having a moment at the time. They obviously had a lot of overlap in audience, so it made sense. They had done sort of their own very like backyardy wrestling, and they were, people were like, "Oh, they can wrestle. They should you should work with them. They should wrestle." They couldn't wrestle, mm. um, but they did perform uh, a few times. And then there's like a lot of like legal drama about how it all ended up working out, and so now they can't show anything of like their music and stuff, which is like why if they perform say the oddities to the ring, they can't be. They have to cut that out. So, so what were the legal issues? They just so they like they like performed. They performed the oddities theme music, much how we saw. DX get introduced later in the night. Yeah, they had sort of like a live intro here with right, the but, like, what were the, but like what, so. Um, what from what I understand, the um, the WWF and the Insane Clown Posse, the 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 uh, the ICP LLC, the, the, right? <laughs> the, uh, the 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 claimants, which will heretofore be known as the Insane Clown Posse, um, they had kind of a handshake deal, like yeah, we're going to use your music and stuff like that, and then we're going to promote 
the great Malenko or whatever album was coming up next. And WWF never went through on the promotion side of it that was coming up later. And so ICP feeling slighted have, have launched legal disputes against WWF and now WWE in the future. Got it. I actually, but you could find the original oddities theme song on online. It kind of slaps. It's kind of good in the video. It's like uses like the actual footage of the movie Freaks. So yeah, like, I kind of really like. I was like, wait a minute, do I like the insane clown? Pop I like that song. <laughs> I don't like them. No. Um, I actually had a talk with some friends. So I had some friends come and stay with me over the holidays, um, who are fans of the band Fish. They went to go see the four night run at Madison Square Garden, and we were talking about the kind of the the similarities between Fish fans, Juggalos, and then wrestling fans also like there's a language to it like it, it, obviously bobby you're never going to go to a fish show no. eric you went with me to one but you, there's yeah. there's like a call and response that happens between the audience and it's all about the the way that the audience is able to to build up the performers and there's mm-hmm. a real exchange of energy between there's the a, two. It's, it's carny-ish i would think of, i would think the fit and also fish is like a traveling show like it is carny-ish yeah and it makes well, sense there's like a carny lifestyle that goes with it's, it it's also community building mm-hmm. i mean like um this is actually getting into this is what i studied in college <laughs> like was like um you studied the jugglos yeah basically jugglos i studied kind of like the way that that uh secular aspects of life take on pseudo-religious elements um, in a sociological way. So, like... I offered him a can of Fago in order to gain his confidence. <laughs> right, on my, on my anthropological journeys. No, but, like, I don't know. If, you, if you're really interested, Emil Durkheim kind of is, like, the, the big name that, that like, launched me uh, towards all of this, where, where he basically was looking at religion... At, from a sociological perspective and it was like he was one of the first people to do it and just by rather than you know by saying like well what makes a religion instead of saying like oh well it's um it you have to believe in a god or you have to believe in this like it, he he broke it down into well what are the what are the practical things about what makes a religion because like not all religions have like like they don't really have an actual god like mm-hmm. buddhism doesn't really have a god yeah. um and then you know some have multiple gods so like Broke it down into like, um, like core, like there's, you know, sacred and sacred things and profane things. And then there's like rites rituals, and rituals. Yeah. And there's, um, then there's like the, like the church as a, you know, as a community. So like, the, I think the sacred and the profane really sounds like wrestling. Well, also, I yeah. mean, like the idea that there is like, there is like reverence for the art for like, there is like a cultural respect, like of like wrestlers learning how to wrestle and like, cleaning up the ring and taking care of even WWE locker rooms like the rookies are supposed to like get water and stuff for the veterans like yeah. it's like there's a whole like culture that we have no insight into that's happening behind the scenes there's like rituals in terms of like beginning of matches and end of matches like thanking each other for taking care of each other's bodies which sounds like a very like yoga sort of like the light in me she's a light in you like yeah, yeah, yeah. they have that kind of stuff and I think UCB I've got your back I've got your back <laughs> yeah right <laughs> But Juggalos, I think, same thing. There's a whole community. There's culture. There's culture and customs there. Yeah. Um, uh, I mean, and and you know, even beyond what we like, even just the stuff that we see at that that we like the 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 language that we the phys, uh, the 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 language imagery that we see while we're watching because we participate in it too. So like, there's certain things that you just like 
you just know aren't going to happen because they're just not part of wrestling. Like, you're like, why would he, you know, like, why wouldn't he just do this thing? This would be so much easier if he did this. And you're like, but that's not what he's going to do because he's going to, it's not part of Yeah, the... it's a hardcore match. Why doesn't he just beat the other guy with a chair until he's unconscious yeah. and then pin him then? No, because it's not, it's not the way that it works. Exactly. That's not, that's it's not, not the way it works. Watch, and everybody, yeah. everybody who's, who's in on it knows that that's not the yeah. way it works. So they don't even ask those questions anymore. It, it shows who's on the inside and who's on the outside. Yeah. Yeah. So, I a agree. very intelligent conversation about a very, very stupid match. Though I will say, so my friends who were staying with me that, that I had to do a bunch of research for this, so I was watching a bunch of the Raws and everything leading up, and they were getting hooked as people who haven't watched... Uh, Pat, I think, watched wrestling for like 30 seconds back in 1996, and so like just talking about the, the power of what's going on right now and its ability to grab people and its ability to draw an audience is, is crazy. But now we got to talk about, so Kai and Tai versus the Oddities. Kai and Tai, again, we talked about last week in our deep dive. And um, we want to talk a little bit about where the Oddities have grown since the last time we saw them. So the Oddities are, I love the Oddities. Uh, and I still do to this day. I feel like I identified with the, with the Oddities, like in a very sincere, legitimate way. Mm-hmm. Um, and in a world of WWE where they were doing things where they were, where the good guys sometimes did really shitty things for no reason to good people that like upset me. It was like nice to see something like wholesome, like the oddities, which were based off of this idea of that old movie freaks, kind of like American horror story freak show. Yeah. Um, they sort of like circus freaks. And it's the main the family that grows between them. Kind yeah. Of. Yeah. So it's Luna Vachon, who we all know and love. Mm-hmm. Um, then it is Kurgan, who was with the truth commission before he's like a big, tall um, dummy. There's... And I can't wait to hear what you have to say about his outfit. Oh, boy, we'll get there. Uh, oh, I didn't notice. What was he wearing? <laughs> I mean, Kurgan looks like basically anyone who's ever worked. Uh, like, uh, uh, Ren Faire off-duty uh, is what I would say. Because there's, like, a tie-dye t-shirt with, like, a beanie and, like, those, like, weird hippie pants that are a pattern that only hippies wear. I thought he got, like, a, a gift certificate to a head shop. Yeah, it's, it, looked like it was it was Ren Faire off-duty. He's like, finally, I can get out of these robes. That was exactly what my friends wore to the Fish concert. Yeah, oh, sure. Oh, no. <laughs> uh, then we have the giant Silva who's just like a big, slow, great Kali, Andre the Giant type, who's like, is obviously bad, but is just freakishly enormous. I'm the, I don't know. I'm the, uh, I'm the normal size Silva, by the way. <laughs> JR compared um, Giant Silva to Andre, and I was like, you do not do that, sir. No, 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 it, no, it's, no, no. It's very, it's sad. Uh, and then there is Golga, who used to be known as Earthquake. Uh, John Tensa. Wrestling before. Brought him back. And the idea with him is he's wearing this, like, le- this like the g- most hideous, um, I know this is, like, relative term, but the most hideous gimp mask you can imagine. Mm-hmm. Um, not only is it not black, which one would expect, it's like a Skin weird... Tone. It's a, no, but it's like a mustard leather. It's like a yeah. really gross... It's like a particularly upsetting color on anyone, let alone in leather, let alone being a gimp mask. Like, I pictured that's what they would use to make basketballs, like, back when before, they invented the game. Before they dimple them? Yeah, they just exactly. Look like that. <laughs> But then they had this idea that under the mask, they would put all these, like, knots on his head to make it look like under the mask he's so deformed. It's like bone protrusions But really, because they don't want to show his face because he was a wrestler before. So they, don't want anybody to know, they right. didn't want anybody to know it was him. And so, but it doesn't, it doesn't work. The protrusions get weighed down. And as he sweats, they kind of, like, leave. So it doesn't really take. <laughs> they may have already given up on it by then. It's hard to tell. I was like, trying to see. And he's wearing a Cartman T-shirt. I don't know why. Why is everybody wearing a Cartman shirt? He is, and he will always be. And um, at this point, the real storyline with the oddities is they were have been um, 
And actually, I remember this segment, Pitch Perfect, from back then, where Luna calls Sable back into the ring, and Sable comes in, and they all start dancing around together and having a good time. It's no longer—I was very sad that's no longer on the network because of ICP and the music and everything. Yeah, in the video that you sent me, um, I was like, is that Sable? Why is Sable with them? Sable, it's just like all of a sudden— it, it, it comes up. yeah it comes mm-hmm. off of the um the the stuff that we'll get into later with Sable and Jacqueline but they were just kind of the, her backup at this point yeah cuz she has That's no cool. yeah we'll get into her in a bit but yeah 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 but also the Sable she's still one of the hottest acts in the company it's like Austin Taker Sable right but again the point is there is zero build up to this match there cuz Kind has been doing what they've been doing with Val Venus Oddities have been doing what they're doing with Sable and Mark Merrow and Jacqueline and then it's just like oh these guys are fighting also, uh, thanks to unfortunate edits, I was like, Kai and Ty versus who? Like, they didn't even say it was the oddities. So I was just like, ah, okay, I don't know what's going on here. It was just like, I'm like, oh, <laughs> there's just, I'm like, wait. Well, did this, you think that... it was the Disciples of Apocalypse? I, I was like, is that the Truth Commission? <laughs> I thought it was the Truth Commission. I was like, what, what's happening? Um, I also think that the giant Silva looks like uh, if you asked me to draw Jerry Seinfeld's face from memory. <laughs> That's well it. End of podcast. Do yeah. really that. Goodbye. Um, that is so fucking true. That is the truest <laughs> thing I've ever heard in my entire life. There's nothing more true we could say. Um, and Kai and Tai is doing their absolute guys, best to make these guys look good. This was bad wrestling. I enjoyed this match. Okay. It was not good wrestling, but it was stupid. It was a little too long, but I still would have rather taken this than, than I would say 75% of the undercard matches the other pay-per-views we've seen. Like yeah yeah I mean there was there was a lot uh, it was you, well, you also really like you really like the the tall guys and little guys I like I mean I think I like high and ties offense it's like fun and fast it's oh did you stupid. even like but when they didn't really have an offense did you even like when Funaki did the diving headbutt that was like a full foot away from uh, I think it was Golga in the middle yeah there it wasn't the best wrestling but I thought it was fun and silly I like the fact that Kurgan never stops dancing yes. like he just literally he's like I don't know what to do any moment he's, he's like, like it's like weekend at Birdies too and as long as the insane cloud posse is playing he has to dance it was nuts didn't he get he, at one point he like got on his knees to fight the other guy yeah. and he started doing like he did He there was a little that he did a racism was it yeah he, he got on his I knees his and knees. he started putting his hands oh. together and going like like bowing yeah, a little bad. bit and I was just yeah, like come bad. on man be 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 the bigger man <laughs> I mean it is still somehow better than anything Kurgan has ever done before yeah oh yeah yeah this is this is his best gimmick yet they're likable. I mean, this is dumb. It's supposed to be dumb comedy, like um, palate cleansing stuff. This was a little too long, but otherwise, eh. It's like it's like a little bit like lucha stuff. Yeah, yeah I'm okay with it. It's I don't know. Triple A. I, I, I hated it. It was definitely the the wor- It was definitely the, the low point of the day. It definitely was the worst match. It is not good wrestling. But I didn't. I wasn't like. Uh, I wouldn't have completely excised it. I just get it. And I understand its purpose. It would have been a good bathroom break for you. I did write fan. Jesus this match, so I, I guess I must have. It was. I, I it must went have been well. a little bit. Yeah, it, it went, went well. But I was surprised by how much I didn't hate it. I also like. I liked Luna slamming Yam, uh, Mr. Yamaguchi. Yeah. Um. I liked all that stuff. By the way, I will. Oh point yeah. Out, no. That 
Yes, yes. Luna was great. Luna's always, yeah. Luna Luna always, is, Luna's always Luna great. Luna is always fucking great. The yeah. fact that she was not inducted in the Hall of Fame properly makes me mad. Yeah. Well, maybe they can induct her uh, as, as the men with the oddities. They put Golga in. <laughs> Look, the oddities are the only people who's left who aren't suing us. We have to yes. put them into the Hall it's of Fame. It's just a framed uh, Cartman t-shirt. <laughs> Um, by the way, sorry to, to bring sports into this, but did you notice the that at some point, I believe it was it had to be during this match because I believe um, Lawler or um, or um, Jr. brings up the uh, team from Tom's River because he was talking about the Little League World Series. Um, I remember that. I, and. Do you know who was on that Little League World Series team? Tim from- Donnelly. Yeah, Tim Donnelly, <laughs> listener, Tim Donnelly. But no, but but uh, Tim Donnelly, I guess, uh, uh, neighbor or whatever, you know, from that town, Todd Frazier. So future Met, Todd Frazier, was on the Tom's River team that won this year, that, like, that won during this year that they're talking about. And they won against, I believe, the Japanese... A Japanese team, right, in the World Series? I don't know. I was too busy uh, stopping my eyes from bleeding during this match. I missed that what? one. I can't believe you. I think you're being way hard. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, I am, but I, I am because I. Yes. Uh, no. I think, but this no. Is the, the, this is one of those things where I think you don't like what it is, and that's fair. But it's, I think, a fine what it is. It's a fine. Sure. Whereas, like the tag matches with the Godwins but, but wait, were not but good. Wait, what but they wait, were. but wait, but wait, but 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 Kurgan and Giant Silver are both. Bad. Yeah, but but this is Full the best stop. use of them. Full stop. I'd bad. rather see them do this though than try to wrestle real. I'd rather not see them though. <laughs> that's fair. That's fair. I but... think that we could get like if you want to do the freak show thing, then you could do some other things like a Golga s get stuff. Kane. Sure, mankind. I mean, like... yeah, mankind with the eyes. But oh, this shit. is most, but I think they wanted something silly and dumb. And sure, that's what this. Sure, is. I think I I understand not liking this, but I think this is a pretty good this. Yeah. It's a pretty fine this. I'd rather I don't want to see Kurgan ever get a title shot. So I'd rather watch him dance with like with But again, Tonka. but but we've we've talked about in, in recently the embarrassment of riches that are going on That's in the mid card right now. Do we even need Kurgan at all? When well, I when argue... we don't have the Godfather on this pay-per-view. Yeah, but who's there for the kids though? Cuz the kids, you know, like the kids the kids. Um and uh, from a marketing point of view, they're not going to push the pimp or the porn star. You know what I mean? Or, or the blood and the but violence the and the bullshit. And, but and the, the pimp and the and porn the... star are there at the same match with right. the kids. Like all the like. Look, I'm. I, they, what are they? What are we doing? Doing earmuffs for every other look, like, moment saying, of this? Thing? I'm not saying it's right or it's like one answer. There's definitely a school of thought, and there's definitely the WWE always thinks of itself as like we need to have cater a little bit of something for everyone. Right. It's not. It's not that. It's not that they they. Are, they have no morals. It's not that they don't think that people are appropriate. It's more like what they're looking at that that people will respond react, to. Respond yeah, yeah, to. yeah. Like there'll be a moment like you can't watch that part of it, but you can like the oddities. You can watch the first. Like it's also all the Valvina stuff, even though it's lower in the card. As we were watching these raws in the last ep- like our last episode, they're always in the yeah, second. It's always the, in the second hour. Like when the, the later kids are going show. to bed. Yeah, that's true. So they they are trying to kind of walk a line and have the best of both worlds. Except they had Valvina's for the first, you know. But the, he didn't really thing. do. He wasn't getting his his dick like sawed off. That's in the, true. On this he paper just was in a towel. It was no taka. There was no wife. There was no. So it's no different. simulated blowjobs. No nothing. simulated any jobs. He did gyrate. <laughs> he gyrated, motherfucker. There's always time for a gyration. <laughs> but this next match, ooh, I love this match. 
JJ versus Xbox. This might be my favorite Jeff Jarrett match. Oh, hundred percent, hundred percent, hundred percent agree. Yes, Xbox is fucking great. He's yeah. so like everything about Xbox when he's not wrestling, I find hilariously uncool. Like everything about him, the his faces he made. I fucking hate his. I like, hate his dumb face. Like his, he has, he's such a dumb face. He's always like. Ugh, <laughs> ugh, yeah, he's he's like a he's Mountain Dew Surge as a person. Like yes. it's just bad. Well, speaking of dumb faces, we also have uh, coming out to this match to the live band once again, Howard Finkel, who in the pre-show had his entire head and mustache shaved off, making him. And I hesitate to do another looks like joke because it's not going to be as good as Eric's, but <laughs> he looks almost exactly like Veronica Mars's dad. Oh. oh, yeah, Enrico Colatoni or whatever. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Also played Johnny Versace in a very good lifetime original movie mm-hmm. of Versace. All right. Um, and was in um, a Party Party Down, Down, the first episode of Party yeah. Down. Yeah. Uh, ordinary fucking ordinary people. Fucking people. <laughs> just Shoot Me? And Just Shoot Me? And wow. Just shoot me. Uh, this is actually Enrico Great Colatoni. Career. <laughs> Great career <laughs> for working smart. career. Honestly. Check out our deep dive on Enrico Colatoni. Uh, um, but we need to mention that this is a hair versus hair match because... Apropos of nothing, for some reason, J.J. has started shaving people. Yo, so, why? Yeah, I, um, I, I actually – there is a real story behind this is that uh, Jeff Jarrett had been – had his wife uh, – they've been together since high school, high school sweethearts, uh, has breast cancer. So oh. he wants to shave his head. They were using – they were writing the story to, to give him an excuse to shave his head. Oh. Uh, oh, I know. Now we like Jeff Jarrett. Wow. Right? Yeah. Motherfucker. Yeah. No wonder he had that sad song that he comes out to. He's got wow, fucking wow, layers. Wow. Yeah, but that that that's why. And apparently, they're like very in love, like dating since they were like children. Um, so that was the story of that. Well, did, that's she, great. did she beat cancer? Um, I don't want no spoilers. We'll get there. I don't okay. know. I don't know. I don't. <laughs> uh, less great. Xbox said biatch. Cool. Was that worse than Howard Finkel saying Sukit? Like the, the, like the Jewish <laughs> oh, holiday? God. Oh God! It was Two so words good. for you. Suk it. He's like his. I mean, I, he must have been playing up how how much of a spaz he was because he was just like his. Uh, he had like T Rex arms when he was doing the the, <laughs> the, the, the X the X chop. Like, <laughs> yeah, he couldn't get the time it right, but he looked like he was not having a lot of fun out there. Yeah. Uh, by the way, I I have the note. Uh, never thought I'd say this, but Jeff Jarrett's hair looks better wet. Like. His hair is usually, I think, feathered, yeah. and I don't like that. But like, once his hair got like wet and stringy, like all the other guys, I was like, "This is something I, I can deal with." His hair, his dry, feathery hair, is beautiful. Like, it's a beautiful, lustrous head of hair. I don't like it for a wrestler in the '90s. It would have worked and did work, I guess, like eight years or five years earlier, for like Ric Flair. I know, but it's hard. It's Jeff Jarrett. It's the hair and the outfit. It's like if it was one or the other, <laughs> it'd be fine. Like he, if he just had pants, you get and one that thing. hair. It's like all right, but it's like the hair and like everything is always like white and sparkly. And then there's like that weird like guitar optical illusion we've talked about at the top. Yeah. And like it's so all of it together is like what? And then he comes out with like a sparkle cowboy hat and Elton John glasses, and you're like, well, all right, you know what, Coco yeah. Chanel, look in the mirror, take one thing off. Yeah, it's a it's a little like like. Uh... Like somebody's crazy grandmother's like porcelain figurines. No, he looks like he's showing off a crazy hat day. That's what it looks like. Like, <laughs> a, you know, like at summer camp. It's like it's weird outfit day. You put on everything you can find in the basement. Wacky tacky day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Wacky tacky day. Yeah, you like hot glue McDonald's toys to a baseball cap. <laughs> like you fucking lose your mind. That's what Jeff Jarrett is doing. Right now. That was a very specific reference. Uh, Did you? you? No, uh, the top of my head that one came. Wow. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah. Um. 
I want to ask a question to the group. Yes. Sure. How do we feel about, is there a difference between heel cheating and DX cheating? Boy, that's an, an important question in this pay-per-view. Yes. Because, okay, yeah. so, so X-Pac gets the win because the ref is distracted and he hits Jeff Jarrett over the head with his guitar, uh, which says, don't piss me off on it, which is, yeah. Cool, building man. To, uh, Building, that's building yeah, yeah. something else. Yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah, but it's just like, it's, I, I hate that. It's what a dumb freight. It just sound, yeah. it just sounds so hard to be like, whoop your ass. Let's see. Uh, don't piss me off. I hate it. Off. Don't give me your shit. I, I'm not doing it. Read my lips. I know. Don't piss me off. You're like, ugh. Is that, that's not really like a phrase either. It's just like a, that's like the bathroom's over there. It's like, it's not a phrase. Uh, what were you saying? I don't know. It's just, at this point, I remember loving D, and, and yeah. DX, this is the, by the end of this pay-per-view, DX is in the best position they've ever been in and one of the best positions that they'll ever be in. Sure. And so there's some kind of mental reckoning between these two things. Sometimes, and we'll talk about in this pay-per-view too, sometimes it feels like if they're giving a heel a taste of their own medicine, mm-hmm. that's one thing. Where it's like Jeff Jarrett hits people on guitar over the head with guitars all the time. That's his thing. So for him to get hit, for him to cost it him, this happens in wrestling all the time. It's like, well, suddenly... Turnabout is fair play. Yeah, exactly. Here's a taste of your own medicine. Um, but then when it's unprovoked, then it's like, wait a minute. You're yeah. not like leveling the playing field or like delivering justice. Southern justice. Oh boy, oh boy. That's love to say there. Um, but yeah, so I do think there is even layers and degrees of the, within their cheating. But everybody, I mean, that cheat, um, face face cheating is like a theme of this entire pay per view mm-hmm. in huge ways. Yeah, there's a lot of. I mean, it, it, the, the, we are truly in tweener territory because there were times where I couldn't really figure out who was being the heel. In a lot of cases, like even when like nation people were cheating, I was just like, I don't know, but it seems like people are are you know and got the rocks back. But then, you know, Mark Henry's throwing all that fucking powder. We'll get we'll get there, but you know what I mean. Like it just it felt less clear cut. Yeah, I mean, like we're talking overall. I mean, I don't want to spoil anything, but like saying like on a night when almost all faces win and almost every and almost no wins are clean. Mm-hmm. Lion sends the exception because it's like, I don't really know what the rules are, therefore I really don't know if anybody's cheating. Because <laughs> <laughs> it's kind of a clip, but we'll get to that. Um, but anyway, yeah, that's like, I think a big theme of this pay-per-view. Every single match has something a little kind of screwy happening. Um, uh, I will say, by the way, um, in a hair match, hair versus hair match, I really didn't have a preference. I was like, I, I wanted them both to lose. Uh, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I wanted them both double count out. <laughs> Jesus Christ. I was like, cut, cut, cut Grab Edge from the crowd while you're at it. Just fucking shear these idiots. Well, but then the end of the, the, the actual shaving played out a lot like the Buried Alive match, where oh, all of a sudden God. you need like 14 guys to hold them down, and then the clippers weren't working, and so they had to forever. get a scissors from a table. I do have to say, that we want to skip to the end of this. Um, well, I don't know. Do you have any, any, well, comments, talk any about spots that. or anything? I want to talk about that. The the, the people that come out. No, yeah, none of the spots. No, it was. I mean, it was. It was. It was fun. It was was a really entertaining contest. X Pac brought out the best in them. I think they really had a fun, entertaining bout. Yeah, it was great. And you know what? I think I really like Jeff Jarrett's like facial hair right now. Yeah, Mm -hmm. yeah. It makes his dumb face look less dumb. He's getting there. He's getting. Well, he's he's ditched Tennessee Lee, which is a huge plus in his favor. And so yeah, he's getting to the point. 
and this match We're almost is, there. The, yeah. the Jeff Jarrett, we've been telling you, like, eventually there's one that's coming that's like, okay. And, like, we're almost at that one. <laughs> Good. And, I, man, I hope it comes with a new song. I cannot wait. <laughs> so, Bobby, you were saying? Um, I remember watching this, and again, I loved the oddities. Mm-hmm. And then after this match, it's X-Pac. It's China. It's the Outlaws. It's the Headbangers and it's Straws. This was my Avengers. <laughs> <laughs> this was... Literally, it was like every like alt cool wrestler all at once, and I was like, Aah! it was awesome. I did not know who Dross Eve was. Six came out. <laughs> Essentially, it was like Semi Sonic. <laughs> Everyone was there, but like Dross was the one holding him down at that. He like... was also one of them. Yeah, it was the Headbangers and Dross. So he had was like the a other weird guy. thing on his head. Yeah, like yeah, his yeah, hair yeah, is yeah. weird. Yeah, I was like, I have no idea who that guy is. Dross, we talked about him before. He's the one who who pukes. pukes. Oh right, he's hanging out with uh, the Legion of Doom right now. Yes, yes, I have seen him. Yes, but it was like everybody cool. I really, I really everybody. Enjoyed. Yeah, 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 cool. yeah, yeah. Like gimmick I'm, cool. Air quotes cool. Uh, I also, while they were holding him down, I remember. I just keep hearing. Uh, I didn't see no guitar. The hell you didn't. I didn't see no <laughs> guitar. The hell you didn't. Three times they, they were they stalling because the Clippers wouldn't clip his like sweaty ass head. <laughs> I want to talk about when Southern Justice came out, and for a second, I thought underneath their blazers they were wearing. Sexy lacy blouses, <laughs> and like I was really sure of it, and I was like, "What a weird choice." <laughs> I know they're trying for something different, but like sexy lacy blouses. But it turns out what they were wearing were basically vests, where the front of the vest was Kirkin's pants and the back was satin, and it was just the most insane thing. No shirt, just a vest and a, just a tuxedo vest and a jacket, and I was like, "That is some hillbilly fancy shit right there." If I've ever seen it. And said fifteen dollars to our PO box, and you too can get your sexy lacy blouses T-shirt. I think sexy lacy blouses was uh, the best album by TLC. <laughs> <laughs> Who needs alcohol? We're fine. <laughs> We just need alcohol in our system from the night before. Yeah, I think we're still burn, burning it from last night. Oh, yeah. Uh, happy on the podcast 40th birthday to Eric Silver. Thank you. Yeah. I am so old. Happy 40th. <laughs> Eric, do you want to tell the listeners what we got you for your 40th birthday? Oh, my God. Yeah, this is actually awesome. So uh, we got together, and uh, uh, Bobby and Aaron and uh, longtime listener and friend of the pod, uh, Joe Stanton, and, and their partners – uh, got together and bought me a uh, rest a, a belt, a title belt for championship. But don't say belts. Okay, so, <laughs> oh my god, belts hold my pants up. <laughs> they got me the the I guess the the, the winged skull. the winged eagle, the winged eagle, the winged eagle, winged eagle. God, wing the winged eagle, the winged eagle, the one that that heartbreak kid had. Yep, when he was champion. Yes, and it, it's, it, it weighs so dope. much. It is so cool. I definitely want actually. To hold it as soon as we're done yeah. with this podcast, we're breaking it out, and uh, we're, take I'll take our shirts off. In <laughs> whoa, I get to the yearly penis check. I figure while we're <laughs> while we're here. Well, no, I want to take my shirt off and, and take a picture with the belt at the start of Hole Thirty, and then do another one at the end of Hole Thirty for a comparison. Great. <laughs> wow. Okay. Am I not allowed to do this? You are allowed, you're allowed to do that. Don't yuck yes. my yum, you guys. Don't. Hey, that sounds great. Um, speaking of my yums too, there is nothing, if, if I were given a time machine, I don't think there's anything more in the world that I would want to do more than go back and watch this pay-per-view with Method Man. Oh man. 
Right? Also, his his seats were kind of like middling. Yeah, they weren't great seats. Like, you would think he'd be up there with Ivan. Well, this reminds me of, do you guys remember the Red Man MTV Cribs where they just went to his house in Jersey and, and he, had he, had to, to, like, he had to put two the, wires yeah. together in order to do the doorbell? <laughs> like, these guys were, these guys were living it for a long time. I love it. Yeah, no. Um... That's a that's a, that's actually a, a, an extremely good cribs. That one and Robbie Williams's cribs is the, the only funny. good cribs. Yes. Oh, Mariah Carey's one is pretty good too because she's a fucking robot. <laughs> she's just like, here is my closet with all of my nighties. I think this is around the time that Britney Spears was basically overtaking her for sexiness, and she was like, here, I only wear nighties around the house. Like, yeah, you can I, see I, the I wear smoke. like eight-inch stilettos in the tub. You're like, yeah. what? <laughs> And then we went backstage to Michael Cole and The Rock. Who's, Michael Cole said, my question to you is this, The Rock. You must feel pretty good about yourself. What Not you, a question. What do you know? His question was, what are you thinking about? <laughs> I say that to Talia like, when we're like on the couch and she's been quiet for a while. Yeah, yeah. Like, it's, a, it's a very... Oh, you, you take that role in the relationship? Natalie's the one who asked me what I'm thinking about. Here's my question for you, Natalia. <laughs> <laughs> You've been sitting on this couch watching uh, Little Women with me for for ten minutes now. What are you thinking? Here's my question to you. What are you thinking about? Listen, I made at least three great jokes about Joe, and you responded not at all. So what's, <laughs> happen- what's happening up here? Um, slap the yellow off your teeth is great. Great. Glad yep. that that's finally in the lexicon. And then Rock's like abrupt shut up had me literally LOL. He's so fucking good. And so actually, it makes. I was like, good. I was watching this and I was thinking about how much I appreciate how good The Rock is because he is truly, deep down, the nicest, most pure human being on this earth. We must protect at all costs. And he plays an asshole so well mm. that I forgot. Like, I remember hating him so much while I was watching this. And to know that deep down in that rock is the Dwayne Johnson we know and love so much. But today. listen, if you know anything, come forward. We, we will believe you. <laughs> Um, although I need to, when we get to Triple H versus The Rock, there was a segment in the lead up to this that had me more uncomfortable, I think, than really? any other segment that I've watched of this old stuff. Oh, I can't wait to get into that. But first, Sable versus Mark Marrow and Jacqueline with Sable's mystery partner. It's Edge. <laughs> <laughs> That sounded. That was anyway, almost like next match. That was almost like one of those HGTV shows where it's like, <laughs> it's like we've been working on this house for for eight weeks. We've gone a little bit over budget, but I think you'll be pretty happy. And they pull, they roll the the picture away, and they're like, it's Edge. <laughs> it's Edge. It's just Chip trying to gain. We know you wanted a three bedroom and a pool. We got you this Canadian purse. <laughs> What? Move that van! <laughs> you think you know me? It's Edge. <laughs> well, it was just Edge has had zero interaction with her in like the weeks leading up, and, and because again, Sable at this time has been more buddies with the oddities, but then said straight up, "It's not going to be one of the oddities." So he's all that we got left, basically. With this rich, dense roster. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, Edge is one of the better... He's great. Yeah, Edge, Edge, is, so Edge is great. Good. Edge is awesome. Yes. Uh, there are two great wrestlers in this match. Um, neither of them are last name Marrow. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, Sable- Wait, is Sable's name Sable Marrow? 
Rina Mero. What is her name? Rina Mero. Sable's not. Sable's not her name. (laughs) (laughs) She wasn't. Her parents were like we should call her Mark Mero's real name is Mark Mero. Yeah. Wow. And uh, did she keep the Mero? I I keep. I feel like it's Rina Mero Lesnar. I think she did keep it because she was like a performer for so long. Man. Wow. Crazy. Um, lead up for this is is actually has some bonkers stuff in it there's an arm wrestling match it's none of it's good but it's i did bonkers. see i saw the clip of the arm wrestling match and i was like well okay well they look like they're using the the true the the arm wrestling match uh gear yeah yeah yeah, yeah. like you have to hold the the joysticks and then um but yeah sable seems just a lot sloppier than before less somehow less polished when I guess that might be because of who she's working with. I, well, no, no Jacqueline is a, sense. Jacqueline is a huge fucking pro. Okay. It's just Sable. I just think they keep like anybody with enough work can have one good match. You know what I mean? And mm-hmm. that that mixed tag where she really was great on that WrestleMania, like that was like a move by move. Like they just like did rehearsed every single motion of it. Um, and I guess with this, there's just probably like there's not much time to do that for every single thing. Um, like you better start learning. But some. I thought she had some really good spots. I, like the spots that were good were really good in this, and I thought Edge was fucking great. Yeah, Edge is great. Yes, Edge is great. But what are Edge's stakes in this? I think. It, I what is Edge's reason for doing anything? He's there's like there's Edge in the crowd. Edge is here. And you're like, did he buy a ticket? Is well, he and again, for we're, we're going to talk about is he meeting someone. <laughs> we're going to talk about him in our next pay per view, but. Edge has kind of been targeting Gangrel a little yeah. bit, so that's the only story that we've gotten out of that, uh, out of him so far. And so, just kind of like a, a quick like explainer: I'm joining Sable because, or me and Mark have history because when I was a boxing hobo under a bridge, then he. <laughs> I, I think know. the idea here is that this is like sable scouted him basically uh-huh. it's what they want us to think it's just like there is a relationship he's like oh he's just muscle for hire but that's great too yeah, yeah. then then play that up too oh sable's oh, got fun. a great eye for talent you know did she's... he even did he even cut a like a, a promo has he even no, spoken he, no he's a mute that's his whole thing is like, he's like this like mute street urchin like, that's his whole thing they're like that um, is... no street rat <laughs> no he say all he does is sing <laughs> i'm just a quiet boy <laughs> Yeah, that's it. But he that he just getting the sable rub. He's like a blue chipper, like talent, like a lot of potential, huge ceiling. Obviously, like people like. I, he I feel like he has, has to wear. Career, I feel like he has to wear sunglasses because if if they when they show him from far away, they're like, "Is that Triple H? I don't know." I feel like literally they were like, "Holy shit! Someone be the Matrix. You, you're the Matrix. <laughs> like someone who's gonna Matrix you? You're the Matrix now. Ooh, this is a year before the Matrix." The full mate? No. Yeah, Nick Matrix be. came out in May '99. '99 was a big year for really? movies. Yeah. So who else was just wearing like um, pleather? Well, I think um, the the Matrix actually tapped into something else well, rather than I, we. In my mind, it was the Matrix was the was the egg and not the chicken. <laughs> yeah, wait, because we, we we were talking about how Sable looked like she was. No, it the is, but the egg came after the chicken. God. <laughs> oh no. Well, Edge is a little stupid. Son. Basically, Edge is Carrie Ann Moss cosplay from The Matrix. Yes. <laughs> He's not Neo. <laughs> He's Trinity. Um, but I like this. I liked the spots in this match. Okay. I like the, the, the suicide dive over the top rope Undertaker style. That was dope. That was really I good. I did not like the spanking of Jacqueline. I was about to say. Was I wasn't very, sure how you felt that about was, that. I felt very negatively about I it. I thought it was kind of funny. 
It could be a lot worse, but um, it was. Yeah, that's why I guess the way I felt about it was I, I was like, okay, well, <laughs> could have been worse. Yeah, <laughs> it really, it really could have been much worse. Um, Jacqueline also was. You could the thing about Jacqueline I love is she seems like the biggest best sport of all time. Like I know you never see Jacqueline not like she's having the fucking time of her life and giving it a thousand. That's true. So yeah. she got this big. She's like, oh, you can do this really kind of like laughing. It's just great. I, I so like I got through that because of that. Though yeah. I wish it wasn't there because I think it didn't make sense for Edge's character. I think the the. That one of the reasons also that I was able to get into this match somewhat because I, I didn't like it o- overall. Um, I would say after the oddities, this is the only yeah. only no, other thing that I would talk about negatively um, of the whole night. Um, but the crowd at MSG is incredible throughout this yeah. entire night. Like they never lose energy, and because of that, I think that even the worst matches here are electric because of that crowd. Oogie boogie boogie. I do think the the, the, really, the one that bothered me about this match, besides the spanking, which I could have done without, um, I it's such a little thing, but it really took me out of it. Is um, at one point Edge is pinning Marrow, and Jacqueline puts his foot on the rope. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I was like, it's a tag match. You could just break up the tag. Like you're not his manager. You don't have to pretend like he yeah. did it. Right, you don't right, have to. Right, you don't right, have to right. stage it. So like he could tell you could just break it up. It's a tag match. Yeah, yeah but, and, but also, be, but there's still that thing about like, okay, well, we're not gonna mix. No, but they mixed. No, but, I mean, Sable pinned Marrow at the end of this match. Yeah, and, and that I think would be would be good too, just because then then we see Jacqueline like like asserting herself in, yeah, in yeah, the mix. It, yeah, it, it, it was clearly like a, something. It just was something. It was it wasn't a mistake, but it was a dumb decision. Like yeah, they yeah, didn't yeah. think it through, and like it was dumb to me. It made me. It was obvious to me. I was annoyed by it. I thought the Sable Karana was awesome. However, they want to brand that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. the Franken um, the Franken the Franken Sable. But that finish, the match finish, was actually pitched by Edge back. So like he came, so Edge and Christian were wrestling on the Indies, and they would do that. That that was like a move they would do. So he recommended it to do with Sable, which I think is very smart of him in like a brass ringing kind of grabby way of being like, "This is my first like big day, big pay per view debut, mm-hmm. and I want to be part of the finish of this like huge match with like one of the company's biggest stars." Uh, and I thought that finish looked fucking cool. At like that like reverse wheelbarrow assisted splash, I would call it like yeah. amazing. And cooler than that, even just the idea that WWF was willing to listen to this guy who's only been around for a few minutes, injured somebody in his very first match, and on the second biggest stage of the WWF calendar, is they're going to listen to his suggestions for how to make match cool. It was. Um, I think Miguel from the Bariquas. Oh, okay, the the hairy guy. I think so. I think, I think that's who it was. Oh, it was a it was on a raw match. How did he injure him? Uh, he just um, came over the top ropes and came down wrong, and that's sucks. got his bell wrong. Um, yeah, no, I thought I thought the 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 end had some really good move sets, and that that for me saved the match a little bit because I was like once once we got a couple good things in there because a lot of like the. Tag, runaway, tag. I never like that shit. Um, it's a heel thing, though. Nah, it's cowardly, nah. dastardly heel kind of shit. Even though Jacqueline should not be running from Sable. Jacqueline, should, Jacqueline right. would be running from most, of, from most of the guys in the locker room. I also want to talk about the beginning because <clears throat> I, I could not believe that it's possible for Sable not to sound loud on a mic. Like, how, do, how does she not... How does she have the perfect pitch to her voice... To negate what a mic can do, 
Like, I couldn't hear anything she was oh, I think saying. It was a faulty, I think she had a faulty mic for that. Okay. Because she also just sounds no, very No, it's quiet. her fault. It's but her she fault. does She does have two volumes. She has, like, speaking and streaking, and there's nothing in between. Yeah. Like, there's, like, she, what she's, like, selling, it's just, like, there's now so Now I'm talking much louder. Yelling. Yeah. But yeah, I think she's, she's just, she's a screamer. I think she, she thinks screaming is acting, and so when she needs to act, it typically is, like, all screaming. Yeah, I, yeah. That, that's what I feel. You mean screaming is not acting, then? Okay. I well. mean, hot take, controversial opinion. <laughs> I'm just saying that not all screaming is acting. Sounds like somebody hasn't watched a couple movies called Scream. Wow. <laughs> I was about to say, tell that to Adam Sandler and Uncut Gems. Wow. Wow. You take that back, sir. <laughs> that movie. He is great in that. He is great in that movie. He screams a lot in that movie. He does scream a lot. <laughs> um, I, uh, I, I don't agree. That's my, that's my meme. Okay. Um, and then backstage now... We get to talk about mankind. I mean, I don't even know where to begin with how much I love. Do you want to catch us up a little bit? Because there's like all the Sunday Night Heat portion of it. Yeah, sure. Um, So, well, actually, there's a lot going on here. (laughs) Because when we last were here, um, Stone Cold Steve Austin and Undertaker were the tag team champions. Whoa, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, in the meantime, they had two successful defenses of it but the whole time Vince McMahon is trying to sell this whole is there collusion between the Undertaker and Kane are they are they in cahoots and that's the major story and the major theme running through the Raws leading up to this so we do have the match finally between um Kane and uh, Kane and Mankind against the Undertaker and Stone Cold Steve Austin where Undertaker eats a tombstone from Kane Kane gets the pin and Kane and Mankind have the tag team belts after that, though, there is some. Um, there's a moment now where Kane is obviously in league with uh, the Undertaker. At which point, turns his back on Kane, and we're here now. Kane all by himself. Wait, man. Uh, mankind, mankind all by himself. You kept saying Kane, and I was sorry, like, I'm sorry, lost. sorry, I'm so sorry, lost. sorry. So then, Mankind comes to the arena for SummerSlam. Well, there's a hearse at the arena. Yes. That we assume is full of Kane. Yeah. On Sunday night, he um, <laughs> on Sunday night he Stone Cold Steve Austin goes at the hearse with a sledgehammer. I love that. I love the idea of just describing a hearse as full of a body. <laughs> that, that, that hearse is full of grandma over there. <laughs> Guys, should we never drink again? <laughs> Um. Yeah. Did that, did that make retelling make sense though? Yeah, there, I think so. Because it is very convoluted and very bad, and I'll get into I, the bad. You know what? Later. I'm gonna disagree with that because I think today we have someone. I think you look at someone. I'm gonna say Dolph Ziggler, mm-hmm. who changes affiliation and alignment with the Breeze. Yeah. And I think this is a very interesting way a story is unfolding of Undertaker becoming a heel and Kane and him and like their relationship turning into this and then is he or isn't he? And at the same time, there's a there's an opposite reaction where it's like, yes, that's a story, but we can't forget about Mankind down here. And how, what does he think about Kane and Undertaker working together? I like it. I I want you to, to keep that in mind, yeah. and I want to go back to that when we talk about the main event. Oh, right, yeah, true, true, true. Yes, yes, yes. But but as far as, far as the Mankind side of it, Yes, I agree with you. Yes. What, what they're doing with Mankind, because we're actually, Eric, we are le- ramping up to the best version of Mankind. Because up until this point, I would say that Cactus Jack has been my favorite incarnation of Mick Foley so far. Mm-hmm. Um, 
But what they're about to do and what we see hints of in these backstage vignettes to mankind, chef's kiss, chef's kiss beautiful, amazing. I mean, the, the first the first promo that we kind of skipped over to get to this one, yeah. uh, I was like, I, I didn't know what was going on, so you, you, you filled that in. Uh, I, he sounded like he had borrowed his father's car. Yes. And like yeah, gotten that's into great. an accident. Uh-huh. And I was like, this is so good. Okay, now let's talk about, because, oh my God. that and, and that first promo, he also has the, the Briscoe Brothers auto shop yes. joke. God, it's so good. Uh-huh. But uh, I, him and Vince. Him and, Vin, him and Papa Vince, which is the Papa Vince. He called him Papa Vince? To, no, he didn't. But that's what I'm going to call him okay. for his relationship with mankind that's building at this Better point ingredients, here. better pizza. Papa Vince. <laughs> He also says the there's word. a reckoning coming. <laughs> that guy also has a silver platter full of like weaponized candelabras somewhere. They're both alcoholics. <laughs> both say the N word. Both <laughs> definitely. I don't know. Probably gonna lose their marriage. Or some, I don't know. Maybe not. No. No. Windows. No, but they're definitely both friends with Trump. <laughs> yes. Both don't believe in in healthcare for their workers. And so then Vince is trying to sell mankind at this point on you need to go out there against even though Kane, so Kane is not has said he's not going to be there for the tag team match. He doesn't care. Kane RCP'd no on the Evite. <laughs> <laughs> what a Kane! I will not be attending. Which is actually you know a little it's considerate of him because yeah, usually so he just plans. he yeah. just left the he didn't just leave the Evite blank. You know the the Facebook invite he checked off everything. Ooh, there. he gonna leave him on red. <laughs> Um, but so Vince is now trying to sell him. You should go out there. You, this is your kind of match because it's it's a false count anywhere. It's no disqualification. This is your match, and this is your chance to at Madison Square Garden, where you hitchhiked to see the stars of yesteryear. This is your chance to grab immortality. And, and uh, mankind says, "Yeah, immortality is really something that I'm interested in." <laughs> Immortality is something I'm very interested in, and I was like, that is so, so fucking good. I, that, I, they go into a little bit of improv that makes, but I immediately was like, I hate this. Uh, he's like, I don't have any weapons. What do I do? He's like, do you need weapons? Do you need weapons? And they kept doing like back and forth, figuring out what happens next. It, it, was, it felt like the longest 30 seconds of my life. <laughs> but once they got over that, yeah. it was nothing but brilliant. But that 30 seconds was real rough to the, get the, I don't have any weapons. It was a little bit like... Uh, it was like kind it, of... It was like, it was like, whose line is it anyway? Yeah. Kind of like, whoa, you could use this pool noodle. <laughs> How about it, was, it was the end of uh, the sack lunch bunch with John Mulaney. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yeah, like he's like, how about I'm handing it to you on a silver platter? First of all, how about, they just like walked around. So I want to know were they doing like a community production of the Phantom of the Opera? <laughs> like, why was there a candelabra? Like, it must have been was it a Gangrel thing? Like, what? Why are there candelabras? There? Maybe, maybe uh, he did have a match on Sunday Night Heat before this. I mean, did they like shoot like a vignette of him with candelabras? I can see I that know. happening, yeah. but like. There just happened to be a candelabra around, and that's what Vince grabs to give him. So weird. We, so it's weird. an Edge's shopping cart that he just takes everywhere with him. <laughs> we've we've passed the moment, but I'm. It would have been pretty fitting at some point for them to bring Carrot Top into the WWE with his trunk of like stuff that would be jokes and also weapons, like the Fiend's like, mallet. Just yeah, like a. It would it would fit. They fit really well, especially when like with Carrot Top as jacked as he is. 
I would find Carrot Top oh, to yes. be more um, terrifying than The Fiend. If they made a mask <laughs> that was just Carrot Top's face that you oh put over God. your own face. Carrot Top I doing... Have, I, have, I actually can't think about it too hard because I really visualize it'll have nightmares. Carrot Top doing the, the, the Firefly Funhouse. Mm. Oh, man, would be good. Make it happen, Vince. Um, And then one of the best moments of the whole pay-per-view. I got 13 words for you. How much wood could a woodchuck chuck if a woodchuck could chuck wood? It is, and it's the kind of thing that you're like, that clearly came from him. Like, this is all McFoley. This is all him. This is all, like, his character so deeply that he knows and could, and he's so smart yeah. that he can, like, write something actually very fucking funny. Yeah. Um, that is, that is comedy. Like, Dolph Ziggler wishes mm. he could be that funny on purpose. No, he's just doing monologues before Ascat or whatever. Yeah, he's just, he's just <laughs> calling everybody triggered or whatever. <laughs> and we'll get to that match in just a second but first we talk about a match that i have very few notes on because this was just hype as fuck and that was owen versus shamrock in the lion's den i don't know about it okay i think as a concept this is terrible in execution it was actually pretty fucking great. Talk to me about in concept. Uh, it's terrible because it's like they're it's clearly to trying to. They're they're obviously yeah. trying to work in an MMA angle. Uh-huh. I don't think. I think it's really hard to sell a convincing shoot fight in a work environment. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. so you're saying like, I there's agree. we all go into wrestling suspending certain disbelief, and like they're asking us to do. They're they're almost like asking us to pretend like we're not pretending anymore. And yeah. it's like, yes, I I, I get like that, that, but. And I think, and they, they're obviously like they're trying to do, but they want to make it their own. So I think the structure itself looks like that thing you put in the drain to catch hair, uh-huh. yeah. um, or um, one of those metal steam unfolding baskets you put into things yep. to steam vegetables. Yep. it looks bad. But I gotta um, go back to a Bobby Hankinson line. This is the best that oh 100%. that there is. And then, but actually watching it, I thought it was very exciting. I thought it was. I did. I was not distracted by the um, the way I was for but, like. The, the fence. Yeah, I actually wasn't very distracted. I had to like shot through it. I've seen. Way, I, I think they shoot Hell in a Cell's way worse today, today. than they than they were shooting this. I kind of liked the referee on a catwalk mm-hmm. um, and him being out of the ring. I loved anything they did off the side of the cage. And I mean, these two guys are just fucking artists, and mm-hmm. like they're, they're it's impossible to have a bad match. So maybe it has less to do with the gimmick and more just to do that. They literally could be in a fucking chocolate pudding match, and they would still steal the show. Um, but I really enjoyed the match, even though I really hated the idea. Yeah, I, I mean, I agree. Uh, I, I agree with all of that in the sense that, like, <clears throat> the concept of it, it was like the boxing match where you're just like, because the thing is, when you see an octagon, you've seen how people behave in an octagon, and you know that they're not slowly lumbering towards each other. Like, they pounce, and when they and once they pounce, they're just on there. And, like, you know, eventually they got to that in the match as well. But early on, there was it, it still felt, felt very much like, hey, it's a cage match, but it's a different size. It's a different shape. I, but I feel like even, and, and I am by no means an MMA expert. I don't, don't put that on me. But I feel like even nope, in. officially. Put on your LinkedIn. No, expert Aaron weighs in. Even in MMA matches that I see, there's a lot of feeling the other person out early on and i think that that we got that in there and i again i just thought that this was excitement from start to finish oh they're really stealing it. notes from mma but i actually the less mma they tried to crib the more i liked it you know what i sure. mean like 
Because the thing is, there's a tacit. Well, you don't watch MMA. Audience. You don't like. You don't. I would, watch it's MMA. fucking boring yeah. to watch these like uh, two meatheads just like um, spoon passionately on the floor and like roll around. You know what I mean? Like it's not as dynamic as wrestling because they are working together in concert to pull off incredible feats of human performance. Right. It's, it's choreographed yeah. fighting versus just actual fighting, where yeah. like, most of the time they're just kind of like holding each other. Yeah, and trying real to fights fight. are boring to watch. Yeah, I mean, like uh, that's why even like boxing has like rules, and you know what I mean. Um, and MMA. When the, the, well, I don't know. When I have my students fight each other for my pleasure at the end of a school day, it's, it's well, really the thrill, fun. The thrill of it is because like you're really seeing a contest of strength, mm-hmm. and there's a real danger and stakes. So take out all of the stakes and all of the danger. MMA is really stupid and boring. You know what I mean? Like that's what you're watching it for. Is the right. and they're short rounds. By the way, you. I, I'm surprised you didn't save that for the September episode about school. <laughs> Uh, but I, I, love, I like this. I did like this. So, so MMA has the octagon. I think this was like a dodecagon. Yeah, I tried to count around the outside, but I... Couldn't. It's actually a Mobius strip. You <laughs> can't cut the other end. I didn't think uh, Dan Severin was doing a lot of I don't think he had anything to it, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's yeah. just like, mm, mm, just like, okay, well, I guess... <laughs> and then, but I did... I did like him just walking away in disgust at like what happened in there and, and how he wasn't even going to throw in the towel for Owen. And I can't wait until Dan Severn's no longer in the WWF, but yeah. I, for what he did, I think that was the best that he could do to add to that. Great mustache. Yeah. <laughs> Not much else. I liked it. So then we have the aforementioned New Age Outlaws versus Mankind match. Um... And we have our third South Park shirt of the evening on a wrestler. Two and three. 1998, man. Okay. Um, good job playing up the dumpster history in here. But at the same time, this is like what we were talking about earlier, where it was like good guys being bad. Um, and this match, I think, was the most egregious. So I'm like, the New Age Outlaws, like, I'm, I like DX. Like, I mm-hmm. should be rooting for you. And I'm like... Enough, he's already dead. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> Jesus, what the fuck? And they're like, I'm throw you in the trash. And I was like, that's not very nice. You already beat him up. It was already a two-on-one. Like, there was not gratifying, nothing gratifying about it. But uh-huh. Mick Foley, we've spoken with him with, with hushed tones. This is the point. This match right here is really the point where the crowd is really starting to get behind him. They were 100%. chanting it in the, during the match. Like, when they had the two chairs let, lined up for him to go through... They were just going fully, fully. Yeah, like I re- look, look, just I remember hearing. I can't remember where I heard this on. Um, people talking about King of the Ring uh-huh. and the Hell in a Cell match, and how Mick Foley up until that point wasn't a star. Right. And so Mankind versus Undertaker, people were were under. Uh, what do I want to say? The 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 build for that was underwhelming, just because people weren't invested in. This wrestler Mick Foley and all of his sure. incarnations truly yet. Sure, but I think that this and his like gutsy comeback, all of a sudden we're now seeing our first real confirmation. Oh no, Foley star is on the rise. Oh yeah, and yeah Foley yeah. is somebody I, to no, no. I, my problem has nothing to do with anything Foley. It has everything to do with outlaws. No, I'm I'm saying that allowed for sympathy for Foley, which but allowed for could that he to have come gotten out. sympathy though from any other heels on from heels on the roster. Sure. Cuz these are heroes right. acting beyond dastardly. But I think you want to put the belts on Sure, but again, and, and, but, but also but but again, can you say they beyond made this whole arrangement? Can though? you say have... beyond dastardly with them with all the shit that mankind's been doing? 
Well, we know we have to constantly assume alignments as they shift. You know what I mean? We can't be, we don't, even if we're cheering, we have to forget what Seth Rollins did today, you know, yesterday to be able to cheer him today. Mm -hmm. That's just part of, that's part of these tacit agreements. But the outlaws were heroes and then they're super villainy and they're going to go right back to being, and we're supposed to just like move right back on like this wasn't. And like, this isn't just like stealing a win. This isn't like a, a low blow just to get to like get a win. This was like attempted manslaughter. You know what I mean? Like this is like craziness. They, uh, I mean, and also like again because he's painted as a sympathetic character. Like, oh, maybe I can achieve greatness. And then they're just like you can't even get you can't even argue that he's getting comeuppance because no. of the, because of the the you know he's done the 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 dumpster thing before. So they're going to do the dumpster thing back to him. Like they brought the dumpster like, thing. Or like, in. I, or like I would have, why not write it where in. Kane shows up unexpectedly before the match, mm-hmm. beats him, beats the app, like Foley finally has the confidence. He goes out there, he's ready to take him on by himself. Kane comes out, beats the shit out of him. The outlaws come out, and they're like, mm, and they pin him and take the belts that way. And that way, they kind of still are outlaws and they're still kind of, they're a little bad, yeah. but they're not like beating a father of two, you know what I mean? Like, with just to near unconscious. And again, and again, I'm not disputing any yeah. of this, but that's all I'm saying. But the sympathy that Foley yeah. gets here and, and his. Ability to to, oh uh, yeah yeah, and and the the audience I think clearly wants Foley to win by the end of this match. Sure, right? absolutely. But I mean, oh, but probably even why, at the beginning, even. But why with I I yeah. just the it's just a very weird thing. Yeah, it's make. weird. Yeah, it's weird. It's um, weird. Also, I think Jr. kind of was was trying to make up for it because while he was calling the match, he was like, and as we know, this is not uh, like Billy Gunn or or uh, Jesse James's fault, like. It's not that they they didn't put him in this situation like it they're just doing what they what they you know they they wrestling a match like he was really trying to be yeah, like yeah that's true that's really guys. good cover there uh but you know but still it's like okay well you know what are they doing after the match like they could have yeah, just pinned like, him and they didn't and like, like really go for many pinfalls mm-hmm. up front you know what i mean yeah it just seemed like it was gratuitous again, and violent and but again we know at this point the amount of punishment that mankind can take requires to put down yeah it just seems like that punishment should have come from like it would it should have come from Kane. Sure. It should have come from Oh, it came from Kane later on. And then, yeah. <laughs> and then Kane just appears out of the dumpster. He just was, he's just been in the dumpster the whole time like whittling. <laughs> it was a it was a dumpster full of Kane. <laughs> Pumped full of Kane. Pumped full of Kane. <laughs> um I did you notice that mankind did a bang bang when he entered? No, I didn't. He had a little like Bang, bang. The, the, the little guns little and I was like what's going shack? on here yeah uh, I, I I did write like I wasn't sure how I felt about it especially the ending like, I thought it was just like especially for it, him to have like a glimmer of a hope and then all of a sudden it was just like oh god this is just like it kind of like a squash match right like mm-hmm. just <laughs> just we're gonna fucking destroy him for a little while and then Kane's gonna come out to do whatever after and then for the outlaws to get on there we're gonna put you in the trash where you belong it's like mean. Why could it be mean? It's like why are you mean to him? He's also a good guy. <laughs> no, but we also know trash. like they're going to be. You know that this relationship doesn't stay sour forever. It's just so. so it just seems like a very unnecessary, unthought out thing for no reason. That they're Probably. like we're too late. We have to get from point A to point B, and we're doing it in this way, even though we didn't earn it. Yeah. All right. Are we ready? Oh God. Wow. The best match of the night. We all agree on that, right? One hundred percent. Okay. One hundred percent. Triple H versus The Rock in a ladder match. Before I get into the praise, though, I do... There was 
a segment on Raw that, um, again, made oh, me what are you talking about now? more uncomfortable than the Kai and Tai stuff, made me more uncomfortable than the blackface moment where, so, um, China is, obviously the nation and DX have been feuding for a while. Um, so China comes out to the ring and calls out The Rock. And The Rock comes out to meet her and then says, you're not going to ambush me like you did before. The rest of the nation comes out and we get a cut to backstage where a forklift has been backed up to DX's dressing room. So they're trapped in oh, there. Yeah, yeah, I saw the, the thing of this. Unable to get out. And so I feel like it was D'Lo and the Godfather holds China down on her knees in front of the rock. Yes. And the rock intimates like he is about to kiss her. Then like, no, you're a piece of trash. You're not worthy of the rock. Then tells Mark Henry to get in there and do it. And he's licking his lips and he's getting ready until HBK runs out with a chair and takes out the nation in a moment where I felt genuine relief from that. Like, it was the scumbaggiest of scumbag things that I've seen on wrestling. I mean, it's sexual assault. I mean, like, yeah, it, it, like, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. like you truly, nothing starts with, you can't start a description of anything with uh, a woman is held down by multiple men. Like, no good, nothing good yeah. is coming after that. Yes. Um, yeah, I, I read that in your, because I think they did a very poor job. They must have known how shitty that the yeah. optics are on that because like the recap they showed on this pay-per-view did not even show makes it. it very unclear what actually exactly. happened um i read it in your raw report and then i remembered it from when i was watching it um i was like it triggered like a memory and i was like oh shit like i do remember that happening and just it, it, it gut-wrenching and then also you start to realize this is about the time when you're like oh fuck china's fucking amazing like yeah. china is just like she really is like the ninth wonder of the world and like an uh, like uh, uh, completely completely converse of that um in the build-up to this they've been teasing so um it was x-pac versus triple h in a match to see who was going to be the number one contender to face the rock for the intercontinental title and so they there was tension there and then all of dx come out they it's hilarious they call each other jerk offs like at least 20 times Mm -hmm. while they're in the ring and then they say, everyone keeps wondering about a DX split. Well, here's what we got to say about a DX split. And all the boys line up as they're about to drop their pants to show their ass cracks. <laughs> and so China's like, no, no, no. If anyone is going to initiate a DX split, it's going to be me. She pulls down her pants. She's got a thong. She slaps herself on the ass. It's great. Hmm. China's, China's on her way to be a fucking megastar. Yeah. Right. Just an absolute megastar. And I don't you, like her outfits right I, no, now. But, but I do like that she's allowed to like not dress like a like a dominatrix like sex monster. That she's sure. able to just like just like be wear like a fucking comfortable But it's thing. it's it's mom going to the food town oh, on, a, on a Sunday morning. Or like a, yeah, uh, just came from like a class mm-hmm. from like a Zumba. Um, yeah, agreed. But I like seeing a softer side of China and her being able to be more feminine and her being able to show a little bit more personality and have a bit more fun. That segment was utter garbage trash. And but now getting well. to a phenomenal match. Triple H versus The Rock. Ladder match for the Intercontinental title. Starts with the DX band coming starts. out thinking that they're like DX the band. talking heads and stop making sense. We're going to do one person out, then the next one, then the next one. Yeah. Which, and who we haven't even talked about the fact that the entrance ramp is in the hard camera view on this one here. Yeah, and that happens. That happened at MS and MSG last for Survivor Series. We watched MSG too. I think it's an MSG thing. Okay. 
Uh, yeah, I was just like, oh no. Like, first I see the guy, and I thought maybe just the guy was gonna, like, kind of sing a cappella. Or, you know, to, or like have the back. It's like pentatonics. <laughs> <laughs> but like, and I was like, oh no, oh no, they're all coming and they look, they look so excited. And then I'm like, oh no, they're going to perform in the ring. And then like just watching Mark Levesque, like, like try to kind of get in it and then like pick up the lead singer, put him on his shoulders. Did Triple H really think that that was a cool idea to oh. put the lead singer on his shoulders? Like in his mind, was he like, "This is gonna be so fucking." Triple H's cool. favorite band on earth is Motorhead. <laughs> okay, so like, I think he has evidence that yes, he thinks that this is very cool. But Motorhead is cool. Motorhead is a specific kind of cool, though. Motorhead they're not, they're really not that cool. kind of cool. They're, they're not that kind of they're, cool. They're not like. I definitely think someone who's like way into Motorhead who doesn't play instruments themselves, who's just like really into the music, would you, be like, "Yo, I'm no, gonna... you would never put Lemmy on your shoulders." I mean, I would never do any of these things, for sure. But I'm saying if I was someone who liked that kind of thing and I was a big hulking man, I would, I would definitely want to carry rock stars on my shoulders. Here's my theory. Uh, it's, I'm going to call it the New Radicals theory. Okay. Because... I cannot wait to see what it entails. If you listen to the New Radicals song... Backwards. No, all the, <laughs> all the Just right direction. No, if you listen to the New Radicals song, what you'll notice is that the lead singer cannot stop like interjecting things throughout the whole song. So it's like if he obviously there's the singing part, but then there's like the give it to me ah, now. Yeah. All this stuff. And I and like every time I li- I mean, I love that song, but like every time I listen to it, I'm always like, man, this guy just like wants some fucking attention. Like he can't let the 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 instruments like take any of the spotlight away. I think when Triple H was like standing next to a guy who's got the who's the lead singer and got the microphone he wanted to find a way to like grab the attention, so he literally grabbed the person who had the most attention and put it on his shoulders. Because now this guy is like getting attention because of me. I lifted him up higher. We are two and a half months away from "You Get What You Give" by the New Radicals. Just so you know. Wow! Wow! Can't wait for that one. So that's you know, I'm, I'm vibing with this, but yeah, I, I that's that's kind of what I thought. But it was not a good look. Also. Their sound, it sounded like sound check. Like, <laughs> I don't know like what was going on with that live performance, but Oh, it sounded terrible. I mean like I don't think this guy is the kind of singer that's meant to sing anything live. Yeah. Yeah. No. Well, he doesn't sing anything. That's true. I don't think he should be screaming or talking, <laughs> making any noises with his mouth or throat. Or being on camera or yeah. Yeah, Where hats? What, what was that that hat? Was that the same hat he's always I had? I think it's like a signature hat. It's like a it, it looks like it's, <laughs> it looks like it's made out of tweed or like you know like those the jackets that old Scottish yeah it's, men oh, wear. it's kind of like um what Toad wears like the mushroom yeah. in, in Mario yeah. like it's a hat but it's like a Toad hat Mario yes but Mario um yeah and he's like oh I got to put on my signature hat before I go to mm-hmm. Madison Square Garden to perform it yeah. likes the hat that like um. What was that doll strawberry shortcake had like a kind of like it's almost yeah. like a bonnet, like a bonnet. It's yeah. like a bonnet. Yeah, it, that, that yeah, that's his real fedora moment. Yeah, it's a bonnet. Um, okay, so getting into the match. Oh god, not even even before the match. Anyone read some lips at the start of this? Oh, where he's like, "Fuck you, motherfucker!" Um, or whatever. I, when I read, so the Rock, I think, says, "Fuck you, chump motherfucker," and then we still got our, the camera on the Rock, but you can see Triple H. Like, is doing something, and then he says, 
fuck you, I assume. And then Rock goes, fuck me, and punches him in the face. That's pretty dope. That's fucking cool. I, I, I was watching him mouth, like, motherfucker or chunk mm-hmm. or whatever. I was like, this is pretty good. Um, question, is this the first ladder match? No. No, no. This is the third televised ladder match. The okay. The first one, I think, is Razor Ramon versus Shawn Michaels for the Intercontinental title at WrestleMania. Okay. Because, like, it... It had a feeling to it of being early stage. It's definitely early. early, and they're definitely figuring out what a ladder match is and what it can be and what they need to do. Yeah, it's really funny to figure, like, the, watch them figure out how to, like, how to use it because they're like, uh, "I will now put this ladder up here, and now I'm going to put the ladder up, and then I will put the ladder down." And Lawler at one point was like. This could wind up. I, I wish he didn't say this could wind. It, it could wind up being a weapon. I wish like you don't need to telegraph uh-huh. that. I feel like he could have just been like, oh well, like because it's it's if they if a, if a ladder hadn't been a weapon before, mm-hmm. it's way more interesting to see a guy be like, wait a minute, sure. he's taking the ladder, he's hitting him with the ladder. You're supposed to you're supposed to use the ladder. The, no ladder is for climbing, the, not for hitting. The first ladder match was Bret Hart and Shawn Michaels on TV. Mm-hmm. The most famous one that you mentioned was a WrestleMania when Shawn Michaels and Razor Ramon. They actually had two. Um, and then one of which I think was not uh, televised. No, one was SummerSlam and one was WrestleMania. So this, this would be, then there was the, yeah. Yeah. And then Triple H and The Rock. There was also a Shawn Michaels Goldust one, but I don't think that one was televised in Canada. So this is still very new. And most of them are known for the big spots that we're used to seeing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, this is a very different kind of ladder match than has been seen before. Yeah, like, yeah. What these two guys do is very different than what Shawn Michaels was doing with ladder matches. Gotcha. Uh, the crowd is chanting Rocky sucks and I'm like oh you goons are gonna change your tune so fucking soon and then they literally changed their tune in this match <laughs> yeah it was really fun to watch they got so into it I loved it to go from the Rocky section by the end they're chanting Rocky their yeah. tune literally changes in this match uh that fucking baseball slide that fucking baseball slide uh blading Bobby I think it was a blade job I'm not sure I couldn't find confirmation if he was busted up in the hallway, but it looked like it was a very clean line across the forehead that was bleeding. That, so that to me says bleeding. That uh, that camera work, like the, the, the editing, the cut on that angle was so good because it looked like he got hit in the face. Yeah. Um, and cause I, but you then know, he was down and like the, he was off camera long enough that I'm like, it felt like he had enough time to gimmick that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That makes sense. Um the king's line about he's swinging that ladder like mark mcguire and then oh, jr goes why don't they ever talk about sammy why sosa, they ever talk about sammy sosa? Like, yeah you know do you know what what the background do, yeah, is? Yeah, yeah, yeah this is this is the the steroid uh, oh, home yeah. run race but was that a moment of like racial identification from jr it was like huh why don't we talk about sammy sosa examine our proof let's examine our privilege probably yeah, nobody, I mean, you know, like, Mark Although, McGuire was the hero and Sammy Sosa was the foreigner. Bobby, you want to want to run us through some more of the, the spots or something? Um, yeah, I don't know where we want to go from here, but the, the match is, basically, the, it's the Rock, Triple H, ladder match. And where we've seen, Mike, Shawn Michaels has really been the common denominator in all the previous ladder matches, and we're used to seeing sort of jumps and, and dives and all these sort of, like, death-defying, daredevil-y, Shawn Michaels-y kind of things. That's not the match we get here tonight. It's a lot more psychological. It's a lot more slower moving, but purposeful and psycho. Yeah. And like it has, it tells a very different kind of story. Uh, focused on Triple H's knee, which is since legit injured, I believe at this time. Uh, and 
these guys have had a few matches, and I think this one is far and away their best, and it's great. Yeah, I think uh, Triple H finally got the timing down on on the edit, like on his on the editing. Like this match went. This was definitely a longer match, but like you know, I know. Oh no, this match just goes. Like there's there's no wasted moment if I, in if, this match. There's some of the climbs are very slow. They were very slow. Very, even though they're selling, even with selling a leg injury, mm-hmm. and even when the Rock is climbing, they're just very slow climbs. The, the problem I had with the with small the, note though. Very the small problem note. I had with the small climbing is. Right before that, they're extremely spry about getting up and getting the ladder and moving in. If you're going to sell that you can't step one more step because you're so exhausted, you gotta sell it early. Yeah. You gotta you gotta sell the whole thing and make like you gotta there you they need to learn pacing. Yeah. On yeah. how on how to get up the ladder so that it all looks right. And these are fine-tuning little things. You know what I mean? Because I think yeah. overall they did a great job. And they did a great job like telling a story of the injured leg and stuff like that. I mean, there's just like some spots they just like skipped a step or two. Yeah. But overall, I think this match is one of the best we've we've seen. Uh, the Rock was amazing. They both were amazing. It looked brutal. Everything looked like it hurt. Everything looked like they really cared about what they were fighting for. They really were like wanted that belt and they wanted to prevent. They really hated each other and... And by the way, awesome. this is for the Intercontinental. <laughs> oh, who's the Intercontinental? Who's the inter- Intercontinental Champion right now? Is Shinsuke right? Yeah, but you had to kind of think about yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. he's not. What's he? Who's? What? Well, it's funny because I was just, I was just. Who did watching... he win it from? Uh, AJ Finn? No, no. Maybe? AJ was in the U.S. title. Yeah, that's like, who was yeah. who was the last Intercontinental? Well, uh, Shinsuke. The, that's the funny thing to me because I, I just happened to be watching um, on YouTube. It was like one of those like WWE Network things from a, maybe a couple years ago with um, with the Miz, and there were the Miz was talking. It was like um, one of those things where they show him pictures, and he has to he tells he talks about the story behind the pictures, and uh, he was talking about the I guess it was some some shoot he or yeah, some some uh, promo he did. On Talking Smack, yeah, with um with Daniel Bryan, yeah, yeah. Famous, where, yeah. the famous one where he, and he he was basically like, you know, they didn't have like they didn't creative didn't have anything for me on that night, and I was like, how do you not have anything for me? I'm the Intercontinental Champion. Why am I not on this? And he basically was like, I like th- like there's such a, there's a storied history to this belt. I wanted to make this. I wanted to make the like me being the Intercontinental Champion. A big thing and make everything be a big thing, and that's that's kind of the story behind that Smart. moment he had with Daniel Bryan. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because, you know, now I watched that and then I saw this, and I'm like, this is like these guys are killing each other for the Intercontinental Championship. Yeah, as well they should, and especially when you have two champions who like world champions who are not on television, the Fiend and yeah. Bray Wyatt. I mean, and Brock Lesnar. Yeah, right. like Bray Wyatt shows his vignettes, but they're purposely keeping him like out of the ring. So. If anything, your IC belt should be your um, next biggest belt. Either kind of making the women's belts the sort of like number like number two belts, unfortunately, but that ends up being the main event belt week to week mm-hmm. right. in a lot of cases. No mention, Bobby, of the gratuitous butt shot. Oh, <sighs> there was a gratuitous butt shot and a gratuitous nut shot. Uh, <laughs> oh, different and, kind of nut shot. And yeah, so we want to start. Getting yeah. towards the end, I guess. Yeah, the, I mean, it's so interesting. Cause, like, this is a match that, like, literally, we can talk about second by second of mm-hmm. it. Um, and if you haven't walked on back to the network and watch it, like, give it your full undivided attention and watch it. Cause it's amazing. We can talk move by move for by this, but it's almost all so good that nothing stands out in particular. Yeah. It's just a beautiful, yeah. composed, orchestrated match from start to finish. Um, but the finish 
it's been a long road for the two of them. They're both hurting hard. They're up on the ladder. China hits the low blow on The Rock, which is actually a nice piece of comeuppance from what he put her through earlier this week. I'm skipping over a lot of things. And, but, but first, Mark Henry came out, too. Yeah. And so that was – both of those, I was like, yes, get him, girl. Yeah. yeah. Mark Henry threw the the, pow- the, the powdered sugar into <laughs> Triple H's face. Triple H is now blinded. Mark Henry is also angry because he was going to eat that powdered sugar. Well, later. he was going to eat. He was going to eat Triple H. I thought it was like Johnson and Johnson's. Like you're 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 so wet. You're hard to grip. I thought this would help just dry you off a bit. Uh, but Mark Henry come down. China then come down. China hit Mark Henry. China hit the nutshell on the rock. Rock falls. Triple H grabs the belt. Huzzah! But I think my favorite, actually, the one spot I do want to talk about because it's my favorite spot was the people's elbow on top of the ladder. That was great. That's when the crowd. That's when the crowd was just like Rocky. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it was. It was great. Fucking amazing because finally, finally, uh, the whole thing with people's elbow. The joke was that it's a stupid elbow drop, and it does all this this big thing just to do the stupid elbow drop. But here, it actually. Was like a lethal move. Well, because like he he laid him on there, and like as soon as he moved his elbow pad, everyone flipped out. It was a it's a great spot. Um, yeah. And then that final shot of uh, New Age Outlaws with gold. Uh, you've got Triple H with gold, and you got DX all celebrating together. That pop was deafening. Yeah, they had a huge night that night. Yeah. They swept, as uh, the Academy Awards would say. They did. Uh, and then where Rock... was Howard Finkel? <laughs> <laughs> and then fucking Rock cuts a promo. No. Yeah, the, it wasn't the, great. Ex- the exclusive footage from yeah, the home, the video. home footage. Yeah, I, w- I would have much rather just like left, let it be, and then gone to. Uh... I agree. In my mind, it's not canon. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Did, oh, so was it part of? That was so when it was released on home video. That's when they added that. Rock thing in there, but it wasn't. It wasn't live on the original paper. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, I was fine with it, but like that makes sense if you don't want to consider it. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to consider it. Can I, I agree? I think it kind of took away from it. So let's go to the main event. Um, Eric, any questions about anything in the lead up to this? Uh, I get. Yeah, I guess like how how did it happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we covered a lot of it with the tag team. Yeah, uh, Kane and Mankind situation and so yeah so the whole thing has been vince has been saying undertaker you're obviously in line with kane and and it's been i think the story was like no he wasn't until no he was um and then there was a whole bunch of there was one where the undertaker was in the ring but then his head was down and when he lifted his hair he was wearing a cane mask but it was still clearly undertaker tattoos at that point then austin beats him up and throws him into a hearse but then Undertaker is driving the hearse at the end, which clearly all he did was take off the cane mask, get into the front street seat, look at him. We're on a highway to hell. Drive away. Except oh you don't get to see that on the uh, on the network. There's a hearse full of cane. <laughs> full of cane. Cane dripping off the walls. <laughs> but yeah, so the the then the whole thing is Austin is on the hunt for Kane to tr- make sure that the playing field is level tonight for the fight against the Undertaker, but he didn't really need to do that. And we'll get into that in just a second because first thing I need to talk about is the party skeleton glass shatter. Yeah, oh for uh, for Austin. So Undertaker's got new entrance music yes. and Undertaker's yeah. looking yeah. new music. What the fuck? Looking super dope at the start of this match. 
And then for Austin's entrance, they do the glass shatter like in live action, but on the the oh. it's it's the the Stone Cold Smiling Skeleton with SC on his forehead, which always looks like SS to me and looks right. like a Nazi thing. Um, but he's like holding a beer and he's it looks like he's skanking. Like he's like Grateful Dead bear. Yeah, he is. He's like frat bro party skeleton. It's definitely like. A, a design that was taken off of like somebody's snowboard. Guys, <laughs> it could have been worse. It could have been a skeleton of Cartman. <laughs> uh, by the way, Taker's music sounds like they got the Trans Siberian Orchestra. <laughs> See, every time I hear Trans Siberian Orchestra, I always think it should be O Fortuna. <laughs> The Trans-Siberian Orchestra couldn't have done this, though, because as we all know, they keep the Trans-Siberian Orchestra in cryogenic stasis until, like, November and the holiday season, and they do their, their they world tour. They keep them in Siberia, and then they <laughs> transport yes. all the way over. Yes. It's a good match. Bobby, I think you might want to say some things about yeah, this so match, it, though. This match, oh boy, we got two legends, two of the best. This is, like... Uh, and this is the best we'll see them in the ring together. Hmm. Um, Undertaker at one point uh, whips Austin, uh, goes for a back body drop. Austin does the typical, like, he's bent over. Austin kicks him. Undertaker goes to get up on his way up with his head, hits Austin, knocks him out. He is Austin remembers nothing from the rest of this match. Yeah. So he is literally stone cold like he is yeah he's concussed out. he is fully concussed this match cannot like the fact it is so scary to think about so like the stuff they are doing and how dangerous it is and how present you must be and to be like i was completely blacked out literally don't know a single thing that happened from the minute that happened till i got home that night or whatever austin and uh, undertaker talk about this on the uh, the broken skull session podcast or not podcast show but it's, it's basically it's a, podcast. a podcast yeah um which is it's a great listen if only because hearing undertaker, undertaker's voice without like, the undertaker's yeah, bull- talk it, like a as person? like a, a regular person yeah so fucking weird and undertaker, undertaker has vocal cords <laughs> He and doesn't hearing, actually talk. He sounds he sounds a lot like Steve Austin, yeah. actually, because they're yeah, both his, they're both so Texas, Texas boys. His voice is so much higher, though. Mm-hmm. It sounds it almost sounds silly, even though it's not a high voice for a man. It's just like it sounds. You're so used to hearing. Yeah, him. the only time I've ever heard a different voice for the Undertaker was when he was in Suburban Commando, and he's got like a baby voice, <laughs> which is kind of what he has. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, you tell him that. But yeah, he was knocked out for this. So Austin's like not at the top of his game. Um, Undertaker already is like kind of not at the top of his game anymore. Like we sort of like I feel like hit physically peak Undertaker back with Shawn Michaels. Yeah. Um, and now he's still fucking great. Yeah. And he will continue to evolve and change his moveset and be one of if not the greatest wrestler to ever live. Uh, but he gets a little gassed. I feel like, and I feel like this match there's just a point where they both just are like, yeah. <sighs> they it, it it feels like the the. The pace of it is very like brawl based. Uh-huh. It's very much like we're just gonna we're, we're gonna punch each other a lot. And I mean, and then uh, it's still you know it was still fun, but uh, I, you know I definitely at the end of it I was like this was a slobber knocker or at least that's what it felt like. Yeah, it, it felt like two guys who were fighting for something. You uh-huh. know what I mean? Yeah. And that's why like everything mattered. No one was just trying to like prove it to the to the wwe universe who turned their backs on me it's like mm-hmm. the same like hacky bullshit it's like this has really felt like a personal thing yeah i loved how taker backflipped over the ropes we've seen him front flip over the ropes but 
do just like like leaning back and then just having the confidence to just mm-hmm. like go whoop, and that's how I leave. And then insane. And then takers jump from the top ropes feet first to the Spanish announce oh. table. Looks scary. Super scary. But it, it looks it looked, so cool. It looked like the table didn't break race. Right, so they both just like slid off, yeah. and I was like, God. And, and at this point, Austin's still concussed in there, but he's yeah, 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 like not able to make new memories. Right yeah. Now. So they're like, you can. I think you can hear them at times like calling the next move together because mm-hmm. like they've got to stay in contact yeah. to do this. Yeah, yeah. Holy shit, man. So. I thought it was really funny. I, you know, I guess it's it's something that I've seen over and over, but watching it happen for some reason it clicked with me. I think it's really funny when, uh, when a person's like, you know what? Let me clear off this table. Mm-hmm. I don't want you to get hurt when I'm putting you through the table. <laughs> like, let me. No, no, no. We don't. It's like it's like it's like the way that people like sweep off the kitchen table to have sex on it. Yeah. It's like, oh, we're not gonna need any of these monitors and <laughs> any of this shit. But like, also, wouldn't you think you'd want to drop your enemy on it? That's yeah. the whole thing. Yeah, it's yeah. Like, it's so dumb. It's one of those things in wrestling we agree we, on. We yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Like it makes no sense because you're like. Whoa. Why not have all that shit stick? Oh, I don't even be inconvenienced. Yeah. yeah. Like, no, that would hurt, guys. Yeah, here. Michael Cole, grab your water. I don't want to get thirsty later. Um, so now I want to go back to what we were talking about earlier and the build to this here. Okay. If you're building th- for the entire month leading up to this, our Undertaker and Kane in cahoots, our Undertaker and Kane, are, is there collusion? Is there collusion? And then the payoff two weeks before and the build up to this is, yeah, there fucking is. They're they're together. There's and the lines were there is unless Austin can take out one of these guys beforehand, there is no way that he is coming out of this the champion. And then Kane walks out, and Undertaker's just like, Nah, bro, I got this. Yeah, it's it's almost like you know, it's almost like Taker can't or creative or whoever can't commit to a Taker heel turn. Yeah, because they're not going to want to turn the two biggest property. Either of the bigger properties into a heel. So I think just the intrigue is nice here. Because that's part of it, really. And like, if you think about watching these Raws, it's so infrequent that a Raw or a SmackDown today ends on a mystery. Or like mm-hmm. something like, I'm like, ooh, I got to next week and see what happens. Yeah. It's always like, oh, well, Baron Corbin talks some shit to Roman Reigns. And at the end of the night, then there was a six, then there was a tag, a, <laughs> a singles match tag. that became a six-man tag uh, match because Bobby Roode or The Revival or Dolph Ziggler interfered. Now it's a six-man tag. And then Roman Reigns wins and then it's over. And then everybody raises his arms everybody went. And then the show's over. Yeah. And there's no need to tune in next week because who cares? It's going to be the same shit again. Yeah. again. But this is like, is Undertaker going to turn on him? Is What's going to happen to the tag team titles? Is Kane, Kane going to show up for Mankind? Like, there's all these questions that you really don't know. And so it gets back to what we were talking about before with uh, faces cheating. So Undertaker, is, who is the de facto heel of this match, waves off his brother like, nah, I'm going to take this on my own. Austin, meanwhile, I'm going to punch you in the dick in order to win this thing. And Austin set up earlier in the evening in, a, in, a, in an interview, maybe it was on Heat, saying, I will do anything to win. I don't care. Like, I will do whatever it takes to keep my belt. Which I get as a character, and I get Austin as like a lawless, like... Renegade. Which is fine too, but yeah. then you have the weird like show of respect towards each other. Well, at let the me end. hand you the belt, and and then uh, and Undertaker Undertaker is disrespectful. Uh, that it, I mean, I'm sorry, Austin. Then is like fuck you. You know what I mean? Like uh, so, I and yet he's here. You're supposed to root for. I always struggle with that as a kid, which is like why you know we've talked about this before. Like I didn't really like I didn't really love Austin, and I'm liking him so much more now going back because at the time there was stuff like this that I was like okay, but. He, 
Yeah, as a mark, you were. Why you gotta be really, mean? Yeah, also, yeah, like yeah. as like a little like honor student kid, I was like, that's not nice. <laughs> Undertaker did nothing to you. He did right by you. Uh, but it was a. F- this was still surprisingly. I mean, they are two of the greatest to ever lay yeah. a pair of yeah, boots. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, and this was still a worthwhile match to watch. On the same show, Austin does say that his one regret is that he and Taker never had that five star historic everybody talks about it match mm. the way because he i mean austin had great stuff with brett you know what i mean mm-hmm. like and taker had great stuff with Shawn michaels and, and austin's gonna have some great matches with a lot of these guys going forward Rock, Matt, Kyle, uh, i yeah. mean there's so many and, and then also like triple h and triple h I mean, like so and any of them have had like all the greats of this generation have interspersed and they just never really clicked they were never at the right place at the right time they both because they, obviously they were both so over all the time mm-hmm. Um, and and there's something to be said that their styles don't really match as yeah. well because they're both such strong brawlers, and so it's kind of hard to buy either of them selling for the other. Right. We did this, it. Yeah, this was fun, guys. This was really fun. Oof. We got one more thing we got to do though. For years, WWE hosted a yearly award show called the Slammy Awards, and we end each episode of Hell in a Cell Phone with our own version of the Slammies in a segment we call "For Your Reconsideration." Anyone aching to go first? I'll go first because the first two I had, like, I, I went into this episode not having any, and then I was like, oh, I'll, I'll do this, I'll do this. And then, man, as we were talking, I was like, nope, nope, that, that got mentioned, that got mentioned. Like, I think I forget uh, which things I, I was going to even bring up, but, like, it was it was starting to kill me at a, at a certain point. Like, oh, <laughs> I was going to give myself the Chump Award for, like, for actually liking the ICP song. And then I was like, well, no, I guess we are, we're all that. We're all chumps. Uh, but I've, I settled on the uh, Pret-a-Porte Award to Edge for uh, unveiling what I only imagined to be the matching bottoms to Ed Hardy shirts. <laughs> I did not realize they make pants, but that's the closest thing I could think of as, those, yeah. as those pants. What was the name of that award? The Pret-a-Porte Award. What does that mean? That means ready to wear. It's a, it's a, it's a fashion term, you know. French. I was uh, I, I missed out on our entire Project Runway conversation last night. Oh, <laughs> I know. I kind of want to have it. I was too busy. I was on my. I was by my parents. Yeah, you were exiled. That's the problem the, with the, the birthday room. dinner. You want to so hang hard. out with the friends, so but the parents hard. are there, or you want to hang out with the uh, the guy who runs the Clydesdales. <laughs> it's a callback. Tell, yeah, tell me more. No, I don't want to hear, hear about the blooming onion. I want to hear. <laughs> so, like, what tell me eat? more about you. Do they like? Do they like bigger oats? Um, I am going to give my Slammy for the Jonathan Van Ness uh, Queer Eye Slammy to X-Pac. Uh, and I do want to see like a Queer Eye reboot with the Headbangers draws uh, at X-Pac. Just going around <laughs> giving haircuts and grooming tips to other wrestlers who need a haircut. Um, so X-Pac would be the JBN of the group, I think. But also like giving them like pep talks in their yeah. life. You know, like, Learn it, learning you how to it. like... Like deep condition and also love themselves. Yeah. Um, stop wearing blackface, for example. <laughs> like imagine a queer eye for each of the attitude wrestlers. I would watch the shit out of that. Sounds like some bonus content that may be available on Patreon. <laughs> Stay tuned. And I'm going to go with the Green Eggs and Slam Award. Oh, hell yes. Wow. I don't know if you noticed this, but um, this is the era where the Dr. Seuss-esque stovepipe hat was popular and apparently there's one with the WWF scratch logo on the front because there's a couple of shots. Because you bought them for us? Okay. <laughs> I was like, what are they? There's a couple of shots on people ringside and all my thought the entire time I saw it is 
Could you, would you buy the ring? Could you, would you buy the king? <laughs> I think we meant to say this is a time when people are really into doing ecstasy. Uh... <laughs> actually, one of the matches was the rock and socks. Yeah. <laughs> That's coming soon, actually. We didn't lie to you, folks. We told you we had living, breathing monstrosities. You don't think it's funny. Love us, disagree, want to push us off a ladder? Let us know. Email us at hellinacellphone at gmail.com. Get updates on Facebook or Twitter at Pod, or tweet at us individually, Eric at Prime Silver, Bobby at Bobby Hank, and Aaron at Slowpass. Maybe, I don't know, tweet at us or Facebook at us this Sunday during NXT TakeOver Portland. We'll be watching it together. Our theme song is There Are Traitors in Our Mitts by Disco Vietnam, and our art is by Alexis Yabney. Find links for both in our episode notes. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts, and we'll be back again for Breakdown in Your House. Has Nate reviewed us yet? Nope, definitely no. not. He's the biggest heel. Yeah, he decided he wants to be the heel of our podcast, oh. so he, now he won't have to That's fine. I, I, as the previous heel of our podcast, <laughs> for making so many 9-11 jokes, I feel like, like let's take some heat off of me.
Playable Characters Podcast. Funny interviews with real video game characters. Hi, I'm Calvin Cato. And I'm Brian and McGinnis. And we interview video game characters yes. on our show. We have comedians and actors come on and pretend they're a video game character for 30 minutes. We talk to them. It's all ad-libbed and improvised and always very funny. Uh, past guests include Bowser, Ms. Pac-Man, Q-Bert, Princess Peach, and Princess Daisy. Yeah. Yeah. You put them in a booth and uh, something short-circuited. And I decided that someone was taking too long in the money booth. <laughs> And I hit her with a baseball bat. <laughs> and oh. thus was born Super Smash TV. Oh. Just like that. I was being raised by a family of, t- of toadstools. Oh. Um, How is that? Is that, that seems like it might, might be kind of fun. It was, it, was really, right it was really fun. Um, it's probably the reason I'm really kind of still into butt stuff. Because <laughs> yeah, definitely. You say, you say bud stuff or butt, butt stuff? stuff because butt, they're kind of like, stuff. you know, like oh, butt like, plugs. You know? They do look like little butt plugs. <laughs> Mario should stick to plumbing, okay? Okay, he's a very, from what I hear, a good plumber, a terrible hero. Yeah. So, I mean, really bad. And, I mean, let's not get started on his, whatever he is, uh, you know, friend, brother, special friend, I don't know, Luigi, <laughs> whatever brother. they're doing. They're yeah. Well, they're that's what they're saying. <laughs> that's what they're saying. They're right. saying they're brothers because, you know, in the uh, Italian-American community... <laughs> These people tend to not look yeah. kindly on certain relationships. If you want to know what's going on in your favorite video game character's life, check us out. Playable Characters Podcast, wherever you listen to podcasts. Yes, comes out every Monday.